0: All right, I am here with my guy, Mr. Tobias. Sir, how are you?
1: I'm great, man. How are you?
0: Man, I'm doing good. Uh, now, for some of our old school listeners, this is probably going to be a trip back in the days, man. I don't know, 13 some odd years ago. <laughs> wow. We, yeah, when we started this podcast together, man. Actually, you know, there are very original few po- few episodes where the both of us together you know, talking about Prince, man. And I just felt like, you know what, we had to really go back and take it back to the beginning. Uh, just because I feel like this release sign at times is a, such an important uh, deal. I know it's one of our favorite, some of our favorite stuff. And so I just wanted to, you know, get your thoughts, man. on what do you think of this release? Did you ever think we would see something like this? Have you had a chance to listen to it? You know, all that, man. So um, the floor is yours, sir.
1: Oh, uh, thank you. Well, Thanks for having me. Number one, um, you have been doing a, a fantastic job and I got to give props to big sexy for, uh, taking my seat. You know, um, <laughs> you are uh, Tobias approved, my man. Um, I will say that, you know, one, no, I never thought that we would see this uh, um, ever. It's, it's been really great to get these reissues and, and some of the, um, additional songs that haven't been officially released, only been rumors uh, about a lot of them and to see them come to light has, has really been interesting and it's really good to get a peek behind the creative process um, and some of the choices that that are made between things that may not have been ready for prime time in his mind, but things that we appreciate as, as uh, the the listener. And, you know, for this particular record, it's, it's really special because it's it was like when that, when that record came out um, it, it really changed the game up because it was, it was another double disc uh, I, at the time. I don't remember if I had heard or we were talking about any of the configurations that led up to that, because most of the time it was like, you, you know, hear the records, you watch the videos, you read the magazines, but you didn't really get a, view into the the process and you know the technology that we have now and how information is more readily available it's really easy to get your get your hands on that stuff so in a retrospective view it's amazing (laughs) how all of this stuff came together in the package that was able to um be put together as far as the original record but then to see the blown out expansion Mm -hmm. and i have not been able to get through all of the the stuff. Um, I thought it was really interesting to hear the different version of I can never take the place of your man. Yeah. That song, it's a very, very special song, you know, in, in and of itself. Um, I, it, the creative process is really interesting. Uh, the, the choices, little, little things that were changed that the whole dynamic of the of the record, you know. So, I I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the the multiple takes and the and the different mixes and and uh, just being able to have my hands on it to to listen to it and and uh, you know just enjoy it. I mean that that's 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 the thing. It's it's uh, it's different to to be a older person than when we were you know kids when this came out and we right. were fe- feverishly on our edge of our seats for every (laughs) release, every 12 inch, every Mm -hmm. seven inch cassette, whatever. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I bought this record, you know, uh, had it in cassette multiple times, record multiple times, (laughs) all the 12 inches, you know, this is, this is really cool. I mean, I, I really appreciate the time, the care that it took, could, you know, things be different? Yeah, but I'm not even really ever trying to focus on, on that. I'm just, I just appreciate what's been made available because, you know, it's more than what I had before.
0: It's yeah, great. man. Because, yeah, I mean, we, should we used to go to, I remember, I don't know, if it was me and you or, was, or, or Richard Garcia, to be honest, but I know going to Tower Records and seeing the 12-inch, the Sign of the Times, not knowing that it was out. <laughs> wow. And it was like, I was like, whoa, what is this? And, you know, obviously immediately buying it. Right. And coming all the way home and putting the needle down on the record. And I just remember, I think I had already heard Sign of the Times maybe, but uh-huh. flipping it over and la la la, he he he. Yeah. It was like, yo. The, the, the highly explosive mix? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is the shit right here. I'm like, my God, what is going on, man? Like, I was blown away by that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I'm not sure if I was with you uh, for that.
0: That might have been Richard, actually. I don't know. Was, yeah. We were out in the university district or something, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, man, it's, it's, um, it's really nice. I, I, of course, if you were to say, all right, man, you know, what's the one thing that you would have liked to have seen that you didn't see with this? And I would just say like, of course, all of the additional artists that was going on, uh, at the right, side, I, I, I right. would have loved to have seen like, you know, Madhouse, you yeah. know, uh, and, and all of that stuff that. To- been around the same time, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Taja, se- Taja Seville. Uh,
1: come on, man. Yeah.
0: Jill Jones.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started. You know, I'm still Violet Blue. Yeah. You know? yeah.
0: yeah. No, no, let me ask you this real quick. I'm not going to go all into the songs, but I don't know. Have Have you heard the song on there, It Bees Like That Sometimes?
1: I haven't made it there yet.
0: Okay. and The only reason I mention it, because when you hear it, you're gonna think of violet blue, and then I, you know, reading on it, I see that it was it was either made the same day, or right after or something. It's a very of the, the, the beat is almost the same. Wow! But it's like it's a, it's another it's another one of those songs. He he could have put that out; it would have been a hit. We were like, ah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I can't make my. I mean, I can't wait to to get get through it. You know, it, it's um, you know been busy and 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 i, I listen to a little bit oh listen to a little bit when i can and and um you know just not enough time in the day but uh, i I will make my way through this record
0: yeah it it's over eight hours of stuff so it's a it's a full time job yeah that's <laughs> a lot <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's, that's a lot Man. my problem my problem is really is that I listen to listen to my favorite songs on, on the regular record and I get stuck there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just like, wow, I, you know, I haven't, I've listened to this in a while. And so I, I find myself listening to, you know, especially the first few songs on this Two, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's like some of my favorite sequences of, of songs that he's had. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I got to get past that.
0: And just real quick, man, to put, you know, some of your com- comments in perspective, I mean, aside from being a long time, you know, fan of the music and stuff, but you're a musician yourself, you know what I'm saying, had albums out, you know, tours and things of that nature. So you have that, you know, you have that as well um, you know, behind what you're talking about. So you really appreciate, you know, you, obviously, the music and the musicality and what it takes to, you know, to, to, for what Prince did, you know what I'm saying, in terms of work ethic and, the, and just all the hard work and pushing, pushing, pushing things forward and stuff.
1: Hey, man, trying to stay focused to stay in that that space where you can uh, be creative and not let the outside world corrupt your vision or I shouldn't say corrupt, but just take you off of your uh course that you're on or or the space that you're trying to reach out into that Mm -hmm. you know you've never been before it's 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 hard and i mean i can't even imagine at this point i mean how many records did he have out and then you think about all the unreleased material and just continuing to push every day it's like hey i'm going to try to do something different than I've, i've done yesterday you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep going, and even if I do wind up doing something that's like what I did yesterday, I'm still gonna work through the process. So it's that's why I think these releases with these with these different songs are really. It, I think he's right when he said, you know, if you want to know about me, listen to the music because mm. it's it, it, it's it's an incredible amount of focus. I mean, just like you know, watching 30 for 30 or the last dance with Michael Jordan. And it's like someone to have that much focus on their vision and to, and to stay on it for a duration, no matter what ups and downs, whatever life goes, life is happening. And, but you you just have it in your head that this is what I'm going to do no matter what, you know, that's incredible. Because it's it's hard for the average person to, I mean, right now, especially with all the distractions that we have with with electronics, how do you stay focused and you know not check your Twitter page, you know, every ten minutes, (laughs) you know, so to shut out the outside world and and be content with that. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a lonely road, I would imagine, you know, to do that for such a long time. But it's like, what do you want out out of life, and what do you, you know, what are you trying to build? And he really.
0: He did it, man. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Well, uh, again, I just wanted to really uh, get you on here and get your opinion. Again, as I said earlier, you know, Tobias and myself, you know, we started this podcast together and I felt like this is a very monumental release. So I wanted to get him on here. Uh, So consider this uh, a deluxe edition of the podcast. With that said, (laughs) we're going to get into the review um, again, Tobias, that's my dude. Uh, shout out the name of some of the projects. People can go back and check out some of your work, man. Right? Oh, <laughs> I'll put I, you on the spot. Yeah, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I, I,
1: I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Um, why don't we do something later?
0: Hilarious. See, see that's the, that's that the perfectionist musician dude. Right? I, I want him to hear my new stuff. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I already. I know. I already know. Yeah. Um, Yep. But all right, man, uh, I'll, th- I'll talk to you later. All
1: right. all right. Hey, thanks for having me, man.
0: Oh, Of course. Okay. All right. All
1: right.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael Dean. We are here. This is the big one. This is the part one. Sign of the Times, our review of the Sign of the Times Deluxe Edition. Ah, man, anyone who knows this podcast has been listening, you know this is one of the albums, at least I speak for myself, one of my favorites. We've done an extensive review of this album before, the regular original album. Now we are here with the Deluxe. Uh, This is part one. We're going to do Volt tracks today. Um, I had to go back to the old school and get some of the original players. Uh, from this podcast. Uh through the power of editing, you are going you've already heard Tobias. Uh me and Tobias started this podcast many years ago. Um, so I had to go back and get him. And then I also had to reunite, you know, like the written the, the Avengers and how they you know expanded over the years. But this is the OG Avengers squad of the Prince Podcast is what we used to call it. And I had to go get my boys, man. This one, you know, and, and salute to the, the the soldiers who have held it down. Aunt Poo's, uh, Q, people who've come through. Salute to y'all. I've never forgotten. Uh, Darling Nisi, Chloe. But I had to go back to the OG crew. So without further ado, I'm um, going to introduce everybody here real quick. Big
2: Sexy, sir, how are you? I'm doing well. Ready to dive deep, deep into this. Yes, sir. Because
0: you're kind of like the Matt Fink of the of I I don't think. He survived. He's in all the bands. But anyway, um, also, man, he's uh, been back and forth with us, been on. Uh, I can't remember the last one he was on, but it wasn't too long ago. But my man, Mr. Day Dropping, sir, how are you?
3: i am doing very well mike so so happy to be here with this one and and with present company um man i I, i'm i'm over the moon awesome release awesome podcast awesome everything good to go
0: yes sir glad to have you here and last but certainly not least this man here uh man me and him have done a mini a podcast together back in the days talking about prince uh one of the cats who i feel like really kind of uh just i i feel like everything he says about prince i pretty much agree with even if i want to like try to argue or like i have some but i trust this brother's opinion so well and highly regarded so without further ado man mr big ken sir how are you
4: i'm good man i am very very happy to be reunited with the crew the four horsemen. If we if we're the Avengers, man, I'm the Thor in the in the posse. Then <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, man, this is this is a great release, man. It's a great occasion to to reunite with everybody, man. So let's just just jump on in it.
0: Yes, sir. Ooh. All right, yeah, oh, clap, clap, clap it up, clap, clap it yeah. up, <laughs> and and shout out to before I begin, shout out to Brandon. Uh, I was like, I'm gonna keep saying his name, but shout out to Brandon, uh, a dope listener, supporter of the podcast. Uh, he went and got the uh got me the copy of the vinyl edition of the box set. Uh, could not nice. have done this nice. without a salute to nice him. No yeah, so very much we thank you for that. Um awesome. And there's a, I did an unboxing. Uh, you can check that out with uh with my mom, my real boss, Gracie. Uh not somebody popping pills. We get ready. we got the Percocet's popping. No, let me stop. No, oh, this podcast will go a whole different way. No, that's not a good <laughs> one. Anyway, let's get into this thing. So before we do our review, and we're going to do a song for song review, track for track, so buckle in. Uh, I want to get you guys' overall thoughts, man, of this release. Like, what does this thing mean to you? Like, do we ever think that we would get a box set? of signing the time. So I'm you know, going to open it up, man. We're going to start with uh, Day Dropping.
3: Sure. Um, basically, this is a time machine in a box set is what it is for me. Um, when I heard that this was going to be coming out, I was just, you know, I was ecstatic. And um, having, having received it, looked at it, heard it, just look at everything that's in there. It, like I said, it's a time machine. It transformed me back to 87 when I was 13 years old, hearing about this. I remember being, I was in the shower when, and I would have my radio there and the bathroom with me as I was showering. And here comes this new track called Sign of the Times. When I first heard it, I remember the very first time I heard the song because I was taking a shower when I heard it. And I go, what the heck is this? And um, a couple of months later, it was released. I don't know if I got it first day. I probably did. And, but I was just, that that album back then his albums were just throwing me for a loop every time challenging me challenging me and challenging me and this was one of those albums that did that and when i got this set i went from being 47 to being 13 Mm. and wow what a trip i mean i was i was like happy face from ear to ear looking at this thing just looking at the box with the with the Sim with the peace sign on it just looking at the box that that it came in um and then you know doing my own personal unboxing and looking at it man i i it was it was wild it was wild and and it continues to be wild for me it's important because this is one of those albums that um shows how eclectic Prince is how different and how how he can really go through different types of um, sounds and 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 different kinds of uh, instrumentations and how he could just elaborate everything and just 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 go all kinds of places and that's what I thought back in eighty seven and now with just with the album and then everything else that's included with it you show exactly how in a small period of time this guy could just go everywhere and and do it without even thinking about it it was just it, it was just pouring out of this guy it's just a testament to how perfectly suited to his craft he was uh and you know i i i feel like uh with with this release every with every real it's, it's deluxe edition that's come out they've upped the ante the estate and Man, good luck trying to up the, trying to up this one. Um, it, it's just for me. It's just such a, a such a great release, such a fun trip down memory lane, and making new memories. That's my take
0: on it. All right, uh, Big Ken.
4: Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that and agree wholeheartedly with pretty much everything that they drop and said. Man, I mean, this is one of those. Seminal albums in Prince's catalog. One of my favorites. So when they first announced the set, you know, first of all, I was happy. I was like, okay, we're gonna get a signed time set. And I, I, I'm all for that. But by the, at that point, you know, we didn't see the track list. We didn't know how in depth they were gonna go with it. But this set, man, just completely blew me out of the, out of the water, man. I mean, just the the sheer presentation of it the The sound quality is is great, especially on the original album. I mean, "Sign of the Times" that the album, along with uh, "Around the World in the Day," uh, "Parade." To me, those albums always lacked in the in the in the uh, audio recording because they lacked bass, they lacked you know any kind of depth in the sound just because of the way they were mixed. So I was very very happy that they were going to finally. You know, remaster this and then the quality of the remaster, you know, I'm just I'm, and right now I'm just referring to just the original Sign of the Times tracks is great. Like I actually, you know, I was in the car the other day and, and had it on and, you know, songs like Sign of the Times, songs like It, you know, you know, I can actually feel a little, a little bass, you know, coming through the speakers. And I just kind of was just driving, grinning ear to ear at the whole thing. I was like, I was very pleased with that. And, and and like they said, man, you know, this was one of those albums that I have very fond memories of. And all I will say is this, man, th- you know, I, I come from buying, I, I buy deluxe box sets like this all the time for certain artists. Like, you know, for, for, for example, Miles Davis sets, man, are very, very well done. Sony has been doing those for like the last 10 years. They put one out like every two or three years and they're very... Exhaustive, They're very expansive, you know, deluxe, you know, the, with the with the the reading materials and everything that comes with it. This set, I would have to say, actually eclipses those. And I never thought I would have would have, would have say that about a, a box set. I mean, what they've done with this is fantastic. OK, I mean, just the just the experience of unboxing it. And I bought the vinyl version at first for the longest time I had the CD pre-order but at, at the at the last minute I, I said, you know what I got it. I just I, I want the vinyl I want the big boy mm-hmm. right and I was so glad that I made that change because man just the heft of it the weight of it the 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 attention to the, the the photos on the on the record sleeves I mean on on the covers I mean the the coffee table book that comes with it is great I mean that is you know very very well done with the essays and stuff in it you know all, all that it's just beautifully done. And it gives me hope that maybe we will see something very similar for Around World the Day Parade era, era sessions. And I would love to see something like that for parade and you, you maybe get the color version of Under the Cherry Moon thrown in. You know, all that kind of stuff would be very, very, very uh, uh, would be something I would love to see. So, yeah, overall, man, this was, you know, basically I put it on Facebook, man. This was Christmas in September. To be honest, I mean I, this this box set single handedly might redeem twenty twenty. Twenty twenty has been the most terrible year I can recall in in recent memory. This set might even that out. That that's how good it is.
0: All right, uh, man, made me think about some things. You were saying that, uh, big sexy?
2: You know, I want to piggyback on both what ken and ernie said first of all uh as far as box sets go i remember way back in the mid to late 70s or early 80s uh mobile fidelity sound labs did these enormous box sets of the beatles and the rolling stones and other artists i just can't think of but they came in these little black wooden boxes and they were huge I'm like whoa that that's that's pretty cool. And so when I saw these, state was working on things. Each one, they got it a little better. You know, got a little closer to what they wanted to do. You know, they start off with the purple rain deluxe. I'm like, okay, that, that, that's that's nice. Uh, then they do 1999. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm talking about. This is much better. And then with this one, they pulled out all the stops. And like Ken said, they went back <clears throat> and remastered the original music and i am not too proud to say that the remastering done by you know show, show friend of the show bernie grumman was a great job you know bernie put in the work and did the damn thing and then a lot of the songs that are on or in the vault sections let's let's be real a lot of us have heard some of that before but not like this not completed you know versions fully mastered and recognized. Versions of, of a lot of these songs and it's like hearing for the first time uh the coffee table book i haven't even gotten through it all yet because there's so much to digest and i too got mine on vinyl for that reason because i wanted that heft i wanted the old days of you know curl up on the couch under the headphones reading liner notes i missed that we all missed that and so the the, the estate answered all those questions and scratched that itch for all of us and they did a great job you know the next one i don't know what it's going to be but if i just can't see it being bigger than this now if they keep it that size great all over it but if they can you know actually top this in packaging and delivery i, I will be shocked because they really went above and beyond on this one
0: all right man what can i say I, i'll say this Um uh i would have never imagined we would have gotten a release like this i know we've always talked about what we what would we want to see in a you know special edition or you know if they they should put out the bootlegs or they should put these unreleased songs or i wish they put that video out and they actually did that here um the the concert video to start start from that like I've seen parts of that before, you know. A lot of us have owned that show, but it wasn't the complete show. But to see it in its completed form, and, and you know, they went back and touched up the audio too. I just thought that that was fabulous. Like I could have that could have just gave me that, and I would have been blown away because I that's part that's my favorite era, and just everything about that from the music to the visuals. Just like, uh, I was like, okay, this is great. To actually have, oh, I'm sorry. You don't hear this, but I do. <laughs> I'll edit this. Sorry. Um, so what I was saying, to hold the box set in my hand, and somebody mentioned it earlier, the heft of it, the weight of it, that is a big thing about it. And that's something with like, owning something physically owning a product that i actually forgot because i'm a digital guy for a lot of things and i've gotten rid of a lot of things but to actually have something from my childhood that meant so much to me at that time to have it now as an adult and a very much older person to be able to um really understand things and can look at things with a different type of a mind actually So holding that in my hand was a headbuster because I was like, man, I know what this means. Like, this means this is a lot of work here. There's a lot of nostalgia here. There's so many time I spent listening to some of this music over the years of my life. And it's actually been given super care. And like somebody cared enough and somebody else appreciated Prince's music enough that they put this together. Like with so much love, like so much attention to detail. And Prince was the detail guy. Like you could listen to his music and you heard little things and you, oh man, he put that in there. And I feel like that was done with this. Like just the the presentation of it, the inscription on the side of the box and that sort of weird uh, glossy type print that's on there That that's the symbol on the back that you have to kind of hold it in a certain way. You can see the light reflection off of that. I was like, this is what I'm talking about. You know, this wasn't just thrown together. We're going to go through all of the songs and stuff, but I just feel like this is, this is what we've been wanting. We can argue and talk about what they should have put in and didn't. You know, I'm not saying it's perfect, but the execution of the actual set itself, in my opinion, is perfect. In terms of like gathering it together and the way it was presented, so I'm ecstatic with this. I almost wish, you know, this means so much and this was done so well. I almost kind of want to say, can we do a do-over a Purple Rain? <laughs>
4: because- oh, you can bet, you can, you can bet <laughs> money that's coming. Yeah, because yeah. I I'm can like, see that
3: coming.
0: Yeah, because I'm like that was cool at the time, but now they finally kind of figured out a flow mat for this. Purple Rain that deserves the same type of presentation 1999 got and what this got like you know what I mean like just to throw it all in and really dive in because that's a that's such an important part of his thing too like I, now I look at it now I'm like ah that special edition one they
3: yeah nah it, it got <laughs> clowned by this by this one
4: yeah but you know what Mike that, that's part of the blessing and the curse of being a prince person right is right. that this guy was so insane insanely talented and so prolific that no matter what configuration of the set this set 1999 set purple rain set whatever he had so much stuff that he was doing that overlapped like because this guy let's right. face it we know that he would he would make two three four songs a day that's all he did
1: mm-hmm.
4: so i mean I think that people, some people would have complaints about anything that they would put out because it's just so much. Right. Like, we know, we know that there's a lot of material from this era that's still not on this set that probably exactly. could be, mm-hmm. but that same material though probably could be, you know, set for set aside for um, a uh, crystal ball or set aside for roadhouse garden or set aside for parade sessions or set aside for love sexies. I mean, so just the job that they had to do to sift through all this I, I appreciate, that. And that's why I say I can't. I can't complain about anything in this set.
0: No, like, no, right. And I'm saying it just sort of sets a watermark now, where it's like, yes, that's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. P- purple rain back. needs to have a box like that. Yeah, they can't, like go, back. Yeah, they can't go back,
4: and they will. Well, they can't go back. They,
0: I'm just saying, but purple rain. It needs. To, I need to hold a big box like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, I agree. It, I'm it saying that. they
4: can't go back in terms of that. Right. This is the new standard. Right. The, the, the standard right. is now set. They they can't go back to something smaller. But I, I I agree with you. I would bet money. I'd bet my mortgage and yours that there will be a purple rain <laughs> set in the future, so, along this lines. Because because we as we all know, there's a ton of material for that period that they could yeah. have added in there. Right. So it's it's coming.
2: Yeah, but I don't want to disrespect, you know, or imply to disrespect anyone, but if they do a Purple Rain set like this, are they going to go to Bernie and have him do his thing? Because a lot of the complaints about the Purple Rain were the remixes or the uh, remasterings.
3: Right, that didn't seem to really do anything.
2: Yeah. Well, the complaints
3: I heard is that they were kind of bricked
4: wall, like they put a lot of compression in and all that kind of stuff, and And that wasn't Bernie. And that wasn't Bernie, but that was Prince, (laughs) exactly. Right, right. That's the one that he did, you know. And but and, and that's another thing that's really beautiful about this set is that that this sign of the time set, is that you know you can tell Bernie did the remastering for the different mediums. Right. There's the, the remastering for CD and, and you can hear it in the vinyl. I mean, because you, you can't remaster, you can't master the songs the same way for CD and vinyl because just of the physical medium difference, you can't. So, th- dude, there was so much work and, and so much detail put into sure. this set. It's just like, you know, this, I'll, I, I, let me just say it this way. This set to me really is worthy of the artist and all of the effort that he put in for. It. It's a good representation of the artist. And I think it's is very much worthy of all the praise that it gets.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, yeah, whatever they decide to do next. Uh, yeah. As we said, you can't go backwards. This this is the standard you can. So and there's a there's a fan base that is ready to support that, you know, this level of dedication, whatever the price may be.
4: And they could charge what they want,
0: yeah. to be honest.
4: I, I mean, because, you know, and I, maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't know if this state's listening. I mean, they could have charged more for this set and it would have been worth every penny. I mean, to be just totally honest. Yep. I mean, just no, some of the, And we and we have, we you know, we'll get get to that over the course of the next couple of shows. But, man, just there's a handful of songs on here where, man, just, you know, just to hear that particular song is worth the set by itself. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's how deep it is.
0: Oh, man, let's let's just get into it. Um, so that's, that's just kind of our some of our thoughts of it. I'm sure we're going to have more as we go. Um, but, you know, what we do here is we go song by song. And that's where we're going to start right now. So disc, shit, I don't know what disc this is. <laughs> well, disc for CDs, card. I
4: Every think this is, is like four or five.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm holding the vinyl thing, sleeve like in my one. hand.
4: Yeah, yeah. that'd be Vault. Vault,
0: vault one. one, I believe, yeah. Vault one. And, and let me just say this last thing I want to say, too. I went and bought a record player for this.
2: Right? What? Like,
0: yeah, I went out and bought a record player. I'm going to get some speakers. But I'm going to tell you, if you're an older cat like me and you haven't had really vinyl in a long time and you were super vinyled out when you was a younger person, there's going to be something that's going to happen to you when you open this bad boy up and pull out the, the sleeve and the vinyl. There's just a. I, I was like transported back and I was like, God, I forgot how much music really, really meant to me. See, like it's going to gonna hit, you you too. Yeah. It's
4: gonna hit you in the gut, no doubt. Yeah. I mm-hmm.
0: was like, God, I they forgot. Yeah. And it made me think about Prince in a whole different ways. I was, remember how I used to think about it back in the and what it meant to pull the record and put it down. And I just, like Ernie said, you pulled me back to 13, pulled me back to whatever. I was like, God damn. And it makes me appreciate, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get other stuff that I really liked and maybe some other, uh, you know, iconic albums that I know, but I never really had a critical ear. and You know what I mean? So like one of the first ones I'm about to go get, it might sound funny or whatever. I'm going to go get Superfly, Curtis Mayfield.
4: Oh, you got to get that.
0: Because I remember I had that album. My mom and dad had it. I used to look... I'm like, I want the actual thing with the little Superfly that flipped open, you know. And I want to oh, put, yeah. yeah and it's like, I want to play that. That's that's a dope piece of art, sure. you know. Just
4: that, uh, just yeah. a warning, Mike. You about to you about to enter a rabbit I know. hole here, man. <laughs> I know. Okay, because 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 on the on the real man, you know. See, here, here's the thing. I have a small. It's not super small, but it's not super large either. But I have a collection of of vinyl. Some of which are original vinyls that my parents had. Like I have mm. my, my mom's copy of, of Songs in the Key of Life.
0: Wow. You know,
4: I have mm. I have the original, you know, my father's copy of Superfire, like you say. I have some of those, right? I got a lot of original jazz stuff, you know, Coltrane, Miles and stuff too. But a couple of years back, I actually I'm mean, actually said maybe three or four years back, I started trying to go back and get all of the Prince vinyl that I could. Now, a lot of those I had, you know, all my original 12 inch singles. Mm -hmm. I still have those, you know, with my little marks on them. You know, like I remember around on the day, like I would put the check marks to rate the songs and whatnot, like my original one that I wrote all over the cover. I have that, you know what I'm saying? But then some of the other ones I had to kind of, you know, find through eBay and stuff. So I have the original Sign of the Times vinyl, the original, you know, from 87. Right but that can get expensive, man. You know, oh, yeah. With, yeah. but, but you just, you know, it, it, it you're right. It hits you and it, it hits you, it takes you back. It hits you in a place that it transports you back. The way Ernie described it is perfect. It transports you back. And I, I vividly remember, you know, like in 85 and around, around the day came out, I mean, actually laying on the floor in front of these big ass speakers with the Vinyl plan and the, you know, the whole gatefold cover spread out in front right. of me, reading the lyrics. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's a feeling that has never been replicated through digital, through CD. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a thing unique to vinyl, man. So be prepared to spend some money, bro.
0: Oh, yeah. no. I'm, it, 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 <laughs> the other album I, I've already ordered and uh, it was actually the first album that I loved, not the first I owned, but the first that I really loved was uh, John Williams. Uh, Star Wars, the original. Oh yeah! Oh, so I, that, that 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 record's coming, and I can't wait to just put the needle down. So, you know
4: wow. they put you know they put a set out of that like a year ago. Yes, like all the original vinyls, uh-huh. the original
0: vinyls. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah you that's yeah. That's a little that, out though. of my price range, but but yeah. But anyway, let's let's get let's get focused.
2: But hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we jump in, uh, I want to follow up on what Mike said about, or what Ken said about jumping down that rabbit hole. Now it was several years ago that Ken and Mike got me down the rabbit hole on, you know, digital downloading music. And I lost my damn mind with all my high resolution stuff. Now, hey, don't going blame back me on that, man. In, I'm blaming both of you. <laughs> now going back into vinyl, I too recently got a turntable and I got the high-end um, cartridge on it, the whole, whole shebang. And, Mike, if you're going to start doing this, you know every so often you get vinyl for certain things, start looking at Mobile Fidelity Sound Labs. i so looking at them right now, and they do have a remastered version of Superfly, which I guarantee you hmm. will sound better than the release one hmm. on vinyl. All right. If right. so you're going to do it, Go, ahead, go, down, go all the way down, man. All the way
0: in. <laughs> I know. So and and I and listen, I a lot of I think I spoke about the, the record player thing in some other video or something. And man, some of hardcore audio here is or Mike, man, you ain't really i like, ah I said, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm baby stepping. So there we go. All right, let's let's do it. Um so the first track we're gonna start with, and what a headbuster to start. <laughs> with uh I could never take the place of your man the 199 excuse me the 1979 version which is like huh <laughs> I mean I was mad that they put this as a as a single before the set came out cuz this is like where did this come from? But let's just get into it. Um, Day dropping. Start with you, sir. What's your thoughts on this track?
3: Okay. Um, Well, with this track here, I like uh, that, that the rockabilly sound on it. You know, you can tell that it was from way earlier on, Uh, but I don't know how it would fit in those early albums because he's hanging in his kind of a regular register and it would have been a shock to folks after having heard what he was making around that time with his high voice and all. And uh, as far as comparing them, because you know you have to draw the comparison here because they're so similar uh but they're because they are similar Uh, I, i like the properly released 87 version better and for one reason i like it better because of the fact that of that one little lyric that he adds at the end and i've seen people talk about this as well and i agree with a lot of what they say when he adds the one part but i'll try that to me changes the the whole tone of this song completely one thing i liked about that 87 version and i got this back then even as a 13 year old going, oh man you know princess is, is this player he, he's he's this womanizer type of guy at least that was a perception right um in real life but on this song here the 87 version he's a, a sympathetic guy to this woman who he knows is having it has had it bad in terms of her love life and, and, and life in general. And she's trying to come on to him and he's trying to, he's telling her, Nope, look, I'm not that guy, you know, and it's not going to be like that. I'm not that type of guy. And he's not trying to take advantage of the situation, but on this version here, by him saying at the end, but I'll try, I don't know, man, it sounds kind of like, that douchey best friend shoulder the cry on <laughs> guy who turns into a creeper. That's what like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a bad way though. You know, he's playing it bad, you know, and and they just changed the meaning of the song. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong, it's a great song, uh, and, and this version is nice in the way it sounds. But I'm so used to the 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 message that I got from the other one that when I hear this, I'm like, record scratch. <gasps> when I heard that at the end and. Okay, so I got scores for all these here. So we're going to go back to the scoring on this one. The score on this one, though, I do like the other one better. This one is still a solid 7
0: out of 10. Okay. Uh, I'm going to just jump in here and say my piece on this. To me, the fact that this song dates back, so as far back as it does, really just sets the tone for me to be like, you know what, this guy could draw from all periods that he had it, if you would have told me even back when this came out that this came from a 79 i would have been like i i wouldn't be able to believe you um and we talked later on in prince's career said, oh i bet you that song is you know that song is from this album but it just goes to show me even back then in like sign of the times he was still drawing from his earlier work and it just goes to show how strong his songs were early on uh which is unheard of like he still had he had the ability to write something like this in 79 and he was writing stuff like this in 79 and it, it could have worked then and it even worked even better when it came out on this because the version when he redoes he redoes the song and just that extended part of this of the you know the release one is just golden but i'm like he already had all that in him you know it makes me remind me of uh, like i feel for you or something like it was a good song <clears throat> on the album and then shock and them came out with it blew it out the water but it was still the core song was so good that it works on all times and it just goes to show me that this dude was a timeless artist even from his first early recordings could still be used many years later and still be just as bomb in a classic. And so, you know, I'm not even talking about, you know, how that song sounds versus this one, but it's still the same song. And I'm just, it amazes me that, man, that song dated back so far away and it's still so good. So that that's just my piece on the track. Uh, Big Ken.
4: Yeah, I agree with you guys, man. This is a great early rendition uh, of what I consider to be a, a classic. Uh, sign of the times track and you know what i've learned online at the tracking for the i mean this song you know came about during the tracking and mixing sessions for the prince lp you know so it kind of makes me wonder whether he maybe briefly considered using this um in the place of why you want to treat me so bad because it's kind of in the same vein right kind of Mm up-tempo rocker uh, I mean, if you think about it, it possibly could have fit on Dirty Mind as well in place of When You Were Mine. It's that that type of song. But, you know, I, it just but but I agree with you when you hear this, the DNA of what the version that we know and love is there, you know, minus all of the, you know, the blistering guitar solos, that that brilliant middle section that you're talking about, you know, and all the polish the polish of the release song. That's not all there. But the core of the song is there. And you can clearly, clearly see, you know, a great songwriter is, is you know, in his early stages, you know, you know, just it to me, it serves as a sign of what was to come, man. So, yeah, this is this was a surprise for me. And, you know, I'm not sure about you guys, but I tried my best when they released this as a single. I went for quite a while without listening to this, this song, listening to the singles because I wanted to wait for the set. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. just kind of just, you know, but. After a while, temptation got the best of me, and I had to listen to it. So yeah, what are you going to do? Shoot
0: it up, yeah. Yeah, I had to,
4: I, I tr- <laughs> tried to fight it, man, but it didn't. It didn't last long. But, but yeah, this is a great, great, uh, a great version of this song. And like you said, it just goes to show, man, that this guy was the real deal from a very early
2: age. Yes, sir. Big sexy. You know, I too did not listen to any of the singles before I got my actual box. I didn't listen to anything, and when I heard this, the first vibe I got. Was considering the time it was done, I got a little bit of a new wave taste to it. You know, a little bit of that Gary Newman, the keyboards in the beginning. I'm like, okay, that'll work. And again, I'm I'm with um Ernie on this and Ken. I don't think it would have fit on the on the Prince album. You know, because for lack of a better phrase, the the theme in that was a little more mature than what you know we're doing on the Prince album. We're doing like you know, why should be so bad you know, sexy dancer, you know, let me be your lover, all that type of deal. And this is like, look, I can be your man for the weekend. (laughs) That's about it. You know, and I like how we put it all together. And to, to steal Ernie's phrase, it is a snapshot. It's a, it's a time capsule back to 1979. I can just close my eyes and see the members only jackets and the Jordache jeans running around and, like, whoa, takes us all the way back to the to the end of disco, to the beginning of a whole new thing with, with some new wave in it. And it's like a window into what was cooking with him back in the day. And he was about the work, obviously, because, again, as far as I know, this is still just one man doing all this stuff. And it's amazing. So I love it just for that for that um, visual in my mind's eye, at least, alone. That's why I like it.
0: All right, well, let's keep it moving. Next track is "Teacher, Teacher," and uh, the nineteen. It says the nineteen eighty five version. Actually, it says the original version uh, on the sleeve here. I don't know if it says that for you guys too. So, and there's, and we're going to hear this a little bit often through this, and you know, you're listening to guys who are. "Quote unquote, hardcore Prince fans who mm. dived into bootlegs over the years. So I've heard this before. I, I almost sounds corny to say I've heard this before, <laughs> but <laughs> I have heard this before, and this is a, a favorite of mine. Like I've played this. Is this ends up on a lot of playlists, and but it was great to hear the quality of this version. But I will say this: this song was. We last heard this on the 1999 re-release that just happened. And that version of the song was new to me when I heard that. And and for me personally, that is the version that I prefer, which is, uh, I think it dates from 1982, which is, I guess, they're, they're which is odd that they do this. That is the original <laughs> version of the song, I believe. I'm not sure why they call this version the original version, because this is a version that Wendy and Lisa uh, went in and added some things to Prince's original version. Uh, So I'm saying that I I dig this. I already knew this and I loved this version before. But when I heard that 1999 version, I don't listen to this version anymore. I prefer that original version with Prince. Um, This is great, though. I mean, I'm not shitting on this. So i not going to take it the wrong way. This is the version that I actually know. Like I've lived with this for years. Like right? this was when I hear that sound come on, it, it gives me that sort of parade sort of whimsical Prince thing come in. And I love this. Um, I question, here's my first question. I don't believe really, I could have done without this being on here. And I'm only saying that because it was just on the previous release. And there's so much other material <laughs> that they could probably have put on here. I could have done without this on here. But with that said, I love this song. Uh, I always have. Uh, I, I'll keep it a buck. I, I do skip this now. Like I skip this. I, I play the other version in place of this. But judging this song unto itself, uh, I love it, but it, and when I put them side to side, I, I prefer the or- original version. The way it sounds, you can hear more Prince's voice. I would prefer that version. This, we'll probably touch on this later. It's interesting to compare the Prince version of a song and then the Wendy and Lisa versions of the songs. I could see how. I could see why he was like, yeah, let's see what y'all can do with some of this stuff. And I, and, and I see how some of it is some good additions. On one hand, I could see how it's like, it's cool, but if it wasn't on there, I wouldn't bat an eye about it, if, if that means anything. And and I'm saying this as a guy who loves Mindy <laughs> and Lisa's albums, and I think they're fantastic. Like, they are the shit. But I'm just saying, I could go... I couldn't go either way. I prefer the original, original, if that makes any sense. With that said, I'm going to go to Big Ten. <laughs> Sir, what do you think of teacher, teacher
4: I think you're whack. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. You're no, back. no, no, no. I'm just chipping. I'm just chipping. I will say this, man. I, I tend to go the other way. I, I like the version that's on 1999, the original 1982 version. Uh, and you're right. It is vastly different than this more stripped down more focused on prince's voice but i i like this version more and i think they included it on this set because it's you know it's from dream factory sessions which a lot of the sign of the time stuff you know was born out of so um and it's and it's a uh, you know like you said we've had you know uh we we've been part of the privilege that have you know had access to this for a long time but it's really really nice to have it in this quality mm-hmm. I personally have always loved this song and songs like this, man, because this is one of those kind of undercover experimental songs that I always loved that, that that Prince did. And what I mean by that is like, first off, like I'm not sure what scale or mode the song is in, but, but to my ears, to me, there's a hint of, uh, of a Middle Eastern kind of Mediterranean vibe mm. in, in, in here. One, and then two you know i've always dug the contrast between like the way it starts you know you you have that airy kind of harpsichord kind of patch which kind of throws me into the mind of some like 60s psychedelic types um songs but that's contrasted with this heavy four on the floor kick drum beat you know and then he, he sprinkles in organ hand claps finger cymbals you know and i and to my ears if you listen to it buried in the mix there's even a, a calliope which is kind of like a that steam whistle type keyboard patch. And, and and it's just you hear that during the vor- the, the the curse the choruses and the verses. And to me that just adds up to one of these really dope against the grain type of, of songs that that I that I came to love from Prince because he was one of the very few artists that that would be bold enough to be trying to put this kind of stuff out to experiment with this kind of stuff. So I've always uh dug this song and songs of this ilk.
2: All right. Big sexy. You know, I agree. When I see when I hear the, the finger cymbals and the Oh gee, the harpsichord, I just noticed the Calliope as well. And whenever and I could be wrong here, but whenever I, around that time Wendy Lisa would start tinkering with, with some of his stuff, those are things they would bring into it. You know, I'm not saying and I don't want to imply that they were you know, locked into that that particular style because they weren't. But it just feels like they brought a lot of that to it and a lot of that rubbed off or was included in Around the World in a day. <clears throat> now, I don't recall the 82 version off the top of my head. I'll have to go back and, and re- re-listen to it. But this sounds like it could have fit on, you know, Winnie Lisa's Eroica album to me. Because it's, it's that has that much of their stamp on it, and that's a good thing. Because again, if they're capturing what was going on during that time, you know, post uh, post parade, and this is what they were doing. And I like to see that window. I like to look in that window. What they were go- doing back back at that time.
0: All right day dropping
2: yeah you
3: know what Ken thank you for mentioning that I thought I'd heard something in there but the calliope all right yeah I have to listen for it some more now Um, so on this one here it it, one thing that I like it's not as loud as some of these later boots that have come out of this that are very loud on this on this particular track so it's been mellowed down and it's it allows you to appreciate the the sounds like the calliope a lot more it's much clearer less muddy Um, as far as the song goes, it's it's good. It's it's quite catchy. I actually like um, like big sexy. I forgot about the nineteen ninety nine version. I it totally blew my mind right now when you're saying that it was there. I got to go back and listen to that one as well. Uh, but I've always been partial to the Wendy Lisa Prince collaborative. I've always thought that that brings out the best in 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 Prince. At least during that time, it's when he got most ins- uh, experimental. And when those three are singing together it always sounds extremely beautiful to my ears uh this is a track that i've always liked I, I, nowadays you know i've heard it so much now that, that i will skip on to something else but it doesn't by no means mean that it's a bad track as far as the score goes i really enjoyed it. it's very nostalgic for me so uh, on a nostalgic basis it, it receives the score that it gets for me this is an
0: eight out of ten all right and i just wanted to go back to something you said we were saying, like, we love to hear the Prince-Wendy and Lisa collaborations. And, you know, we feel like it kind of it brings something out of his music when they put something on there. And I used to, I said, I used to, I always thought like that. Like, I always, that was my thing. Like, man, the Wendy and Lisa, when they, they would put, I love to hear their elements. In. But now with these new deluxe editions and I'm hearing the versions that before they touched them, I have to sort of, I'm actually rethinking some of those things I thought, because I almost kind of feel, and this, I'm not saying this in hate. I'm talking to the comments section. I almost kind of feel like they watered down some of his stuff. Because when I'm listening, and this is a track that I particularly feel that way. When I hear the original version, and I hear what the version that I grew up listening to, I'm like, man, I loved it. I love their version because that's what I know. But now listening to I'm like, damn, his shit was banging. Like I can see, I see the difference. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just that I feel like his version has a feel to it. That the feel is different. You know, obviously everyone has a different feel on it, but their feel is a different feel. They're coming from a different place and I respect and love their place. But now I'm kind of looking like, I don't know if, I almost feel like they're watering down his sound a little bit. And when I say watering down, I mean it's a bad thing. It just puts a different take on Prince's sound, if that makes any sense. So it's not a bad thing. It's just they're coming from a different musical place than he does. And so they are adding to it. But now I'm listening to it. I almost feel like I kind of prefer his... I'm more in line, I think I think what it is. I'm more in line with the way he does his stuff than I am with theirs. If the, you know what I mean? Like, I think he comes from a place that I recognize more. And so when I hear <laughs> them put their stamp on it, I love what they do, but I love it because it's different than what he would have done by himself. But I feel his, you know what I mean? Like, I okay, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can hear that groove in there, you know, which may get muted into something else. When, when they add things into it, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Go ahead. I don't know,
4: Mike. I'm, I'm I, thinking I, about minister society. You know, you done fucked up, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now you know you didn't. Hey, up, right? I, it is. But I'm just, I'm you just, know. I'm just, playing. I'm I just know. playing. I know. I
4: know. <laughs>
3: well, one person's watered down is another person's enhanced. Yeah, no, I'm just sure, are cool with both. both That's why I said
0: watered down may not be the right term. I don't want it no, to be I'm a just, negative <laughs> thing. But I'm just, you know, hey,
4: come on, man. You y'all know me. I got a, I got a trip. That's just what I'm doing. This I is just messing around.
0: Well, let's keep moving. All my dreams. Uh, I'll I'll just say real quick because I'm not going to take a lot of time. I, I love this track. I'm glad we get to hear it in its full on audio greatness. I could have seen this come out before and this to me, this song sounds like something that would have just been either an album starter or the end, excuse me, the end of the album and it would have just been this grand beautiful thing like i could just see to me this makes me think of the world after purple Rain, and if he would have went a different direction it would have ended with all my dreams or something you know i could just almost see him like going through the clouds or something and just you know everybody got their hands in the air and a celebration i i I love this this is like a time piece type of song to me like i can like i say i can see it in a around the world in the day ish world or something, you know, it just kind of really fits that tone. Um, I I don't know if it necessarily in my mind, when well, I think, sign of the times when I listen to this or I guess it's dream factory, but I'm glad it's on here and I love it. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, we'll go to Big Sexy.
2: Excuse me, you know, just so I'm clear, we are on all my dreams correct yes okay good i'm getting i don't know why but i'm getting a kid creole and the coconuts vibe off this Mm -hmm. you know i could easily see his band doing something with this um again you can tell the wendy lisa vibe all over it because they they're doing you know what they're doing to it and that's fine and maybe it's like, you know, to, to kind of go back to what Mike said, maybe it's so different because they're saying, you know what? Prince did his version. Let's go left and see what we get. And they went out of, I don't see that out of their way in a, in a negative sense by any stretch, but they went out of their way not to, you know, mimic what he did. They're like, okay, he's doing this. We're going to do that and see what we, what we come up with. You know, we're going to merge his deal his sensibilities with our sensibilities. And this is what we get because we're we're getting free reign to do this. And so here's what we got. I like it simply again, simply because it it shows us part of the chemical process of of how things got done. Now, one thing about vinyl that, (laughs) that uh, you don't really get with digital is the ease of the skip. If you're skipping vinyl, you're getting up and go to the turntable and moving it over. And so with vinyl, you're really kind of not forced, but you're kind of like encouraged to listen to the whole thing as a unit, which is what I've done. And again, I like it because it's it's letting us into the pro- to the creative process. And that's half the fun. You know, how do we get... To the masterpiece that is Sign of the Times. But we go through all these changes, as we all know. We go through Crystal Ball. You know, we go through Camille and all the things back and forth with the label, back and forth with the band, and this is what we got to. This is part of that picture. And I I love it.
0: Let me add this. I forgot uh, this song. This this song is, in, in my opinion, Prince... Heavy slide out. He's singing exactly like Sly. If you go listen to yes. the, the way Sly saying his does his voice. Ah, all right. that 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 I I, listened, no, I will admit to this. I listened to this after I had some edibles. And, <laughs> and let me tell you, if <laughs> you want to listen to some prints and really get go. <laughs> I'm not encouraging this, but when I when this song came on, I swore <laughs> I was listening to some slides. I was like, this nigga is on slide cuts and i loved it like it just i mean it was so it's just so like i was like he could have just gave this this life. like here man like i love you so much i'm i want to sound like you so bad like cuz i when you listen to it and if you have that in your mind you you understand what this is. I'm like, okay. So wonder- Mike, yeah.
3: You're you're the enhancement smoker then. Like there, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. That, <laughs> have you heard all my dreams my yeah, digital that, pack you heard all my dreams are yeah.
0: weed? <laughs> well listen, listen I could go a whole show on oh, you, you really want to listen to some prints? <laughs> I'm telling you. Are you might be in tears? But uh but no, this song <laughs> is is straight like slide, but I'd have to throw that in there. Uh go ahead, Tate drop.
3: Okay, you know, this is one of those um, bootleg tracks that that we've all heard throughout the years. And it's it's been one of those um, holy grail type of tracks and that we've always wanted in crystal clear uh, format. So we got that now and it's perfect. And it's even a little bit better because now you get the full intro, the beginning fade in that before you wouldn't. If you compare it to other boots, they knocked off a few seconds off the beginning and uh, now you get that little bit of a, like a, a percussive beat that comes in. And it's just a little, a little thing in there, but it, it matters. So the whole thing's super clear. And in one word, this song is a masterpiece. Like I said, it's, it's one of those Holy grails <laughs> that's easily on par with the ultra long version of crystal ball, the the computer blue hallway speech version, those type of songs it's on par with those. And, um, this song is just one of those magical songs that goes into so many different phases and you know do yourself a favor now that you have it on 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 a digital format or could rip it from the cds do what he says and play the second part of that record double speed if you want to hear prince's regular voice uh doing instead of the slow motion voice that he does in there um this is one of those tracks that Again, it's a time machine track, man. It takes you back, it takes me way back to when I was first listening to Boots, and um, this song is is it's got everything. It, it's it's all encompassing. Um, it's the first of many tens on this
0: set. All right, Big Ken.
4: Yeah, I'm gonna have to co-sign uh, what you guys say. Um, you know, I i classify this uh, this song to be part of a group of songs that i call and not just from this set but this is a group of songs in his catalog that i call exhibit a tracks and what i mean by the these are, are special songs like if you were trying to showcase and teach a newbie about what makes print special like why why are people on his tip so hard this is an exhibit a Type of song for you to use, you know, in in your case. Or oh, this is a song a, a super dope lawyer like Big Sexy could use to unequivocally prove the case for Prince's brilliance to a court. You see what I'm saying? Like, cause this is this is the prototype of what we're talking about here. I mean, every aspect, in my opinion, of this song is just pure gold, man. You got that funky, playful groove. Now, for me personally, Mike, I never get Sly Sly Stone vibes when I hear his voice. What I hear is especially now with this remastered version, his voice inside the verses has that old time radio effect. Like you would like those old time, you know, radio announcers Mm from the twenties or thirties or something. That's what I get from it. You got those trippy imaginative lyrics, you know, a submarine valiantly conquers a virgin sea. I mean, that's come on. That's, that's dope. The ingenious double speed playhouse, the whole Lisa painting the side of the train section. I mean, it's, it's just stunning. And, this song holds up, man. Like like they dropped and said, I remember um one of the very first bootlegs that I managed to to get had a really, really crappy version of this song on it in terms of the sound quality. But even then, I just remember hearing it and thinking to myself, like who else is even capable of of dreaming up some something like this? And and the answer then was nobody, and the answer today in 2020 is still nobody.
0: Nobody.
4: Nobody, <laughs> nobody, you know, period can can is, is even close to this just to, just even dream up this type of thing and though you know input from Wendy and Lisa is there I mean and, and like like uh big sexy says you know they they come together you know they merge together you know one to twin powers activate you know what I'm saying it all it all goes to the to the to the to, to the positive to to create a great song but at the end of the day Prince's word overrides everything so if he didn't think it whatever they they contributed fit it wouldn't have been in the song. And so it has to serve the full vision. It's just it's just a perfect song, man. It's just, you know, it stands the test of time all these years later. And I agree with you, Mike. To me, this would have been a perfect closing track for an album. And, and this, to me, is a showcase of that, that period that I... And, and this is why that period, to me, between around round one of the day parade, you know, and the beginnings of Signed the Times, you know, when they were all collaborating, I love it's gold to me, man, because you just got just like we talked about with teacher teacher you got these very experimental off the beaten path against the grain just type of tracks it's just like they just got in the studio and just throw it down and just create something new and and that's the beauty of this man it's it's i'm glad to have it in this in this quality
0: right right all right, man. We're going to keep it moving.
3: Next up is, can I play Mike, with you? Oh. One last thing. If I can add yeah. one little bit to sure. this, because I forgot to do this, because this, this song has some of the my, my most favorite Prince lyrics, if not probably my favorite Prince lyrics, because of the positivity on it, uh, right at the very end, uh, the lyrics, goodness will guide us if love is inside us, the colors are brighter, the bond is much tighter, you know, no child's a failure until the blue mm-hmm. sailboat sails him away from his dreams. Don't mm-hmm. ever lose. Don't ever lose. Don't ever lose your dreams. Ah, my voice cracks reading it <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so moving. Love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, you, you made me remember. And, and it's beautiful to hear those words. And then the way they sing them. Is mm-hmm. just
2: so, it, co- yeah, it,
3: goes, it comes to a crescendo
0: yeah. at the end. Beautiful.
2: Don't ever lose. Stop. Ah, so mm-hmm. powerful. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, here you go, Ernie Z. <laughs> um, so, ne- yeah, next is uh, Can I Play With You? And I'm going to start with Big can on this one because this is a track uh, that mm-hmm. was given to Miles Davis. And I always questioned if Miles was actually playing on this, but here is no question uh, with this because what I thought was very ingenious at the end of this song is they allow you to hear... Miles sort of scatting a little bit or something, you know, vocalizing at the end of this, which I was like, wow. Um, I almost kind of feel like they don't. Let me say this real quick. And this is why I was trying to ask Eric Leees this the other day if you saw the live stream we had. We really gotta put some contextual I'm making up words, contextual respect on Miles Davis and what he actually the fact that Prince, who was the sort of one of the new Jack, the new generation, and you have, uh, the you know, somebody large like Miles Davis w- would take a track from you, actually, <laughs> and actually he would get on it. You know, that's some unheard of type stuff, and it just goes to show how much respect Prince had from, you know, the real super, you know, musical cats of the game that Prince was in the league with them cats at that time. And the fact that they can actually have a track on here that has a great like this, you know, there's always been a lot of talk that they have more songs together and that stuff, but this is monumental and it's, we can look at it now and I hope from generations, they'll look and be like, man, Prince was, he wasn't just some pop artist, dude. like he had the respect of some of the illest people ever to do it. And this is one of the examples, man. So to, to when you hear this song and then the fact that Miles got up on that stage and they was getting down. This is a head buster. You know what I'm saying? So but I want to hear from from Ken. Ken knows way more about the Miles Davis stuff than I would ever do. And so I would love to hear what you think about this.
4: Oh, I love this song, man. And 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 just to, you know, just to uh validate what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you read Miles Davis's autobiography, you know, he talks about Prince in, in this autobiography and how much that he dug him and respected him and how talented he was. And then and, and we we all remember from the Eric Leeds conversation that it was reciprocal. Miles, you know, really admired and respected him as well. So that's what makes that concert, you know, so special to see them. And, and especially now with the context that we all know from talking to Eric Leeds, you know, about how they, how they kind of you know, like two boxers sizing each other up. You know, kind of dancing around each other because neither one wanted to 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 fan fanboy out too much to the other. Which is, I find that hilarious. But that's that's so dope. But yeah, man, this is uh, one of those kind of songs that that I always felt like you know only Prince is capable of dreaming this up. I mean, I, I listen to this, I get, and it's probably not coincidental. I get you know, uh, flesh. I get madhouse vibes from this with all the multiple sections and the. The complicated arrangement, the bass work on this song is ferocious, man. And you know, I know Marcus Miller, one you know, one of Miles Davis's basses. He's a bad boy. I know that he came in and did some overdubs on on some on some of this track. But my gut is telling me most of that thumping that we hear and that's Prince doing that because it's just way way too funky. Love the all the different sections, particularly at the, the three minute fifty five second mark. You get that speed up, get sped up guitar solo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a section at like five and a half minutes, five minutes, 21 seconds, I think, which is super funky. I wish they could have extended that out even a little bit longer, but like I said, it just all reminds me of the flesh, you know, the madhouse, you know, how free they were, but they were funky. And, you know, this track was most likely, um, considered for Miles's Tutu album, which was like the fifth album that, that he had done after his comeback. Cause he retired in, in like 75, you know. After he did all his electric uh, Miles stuff with with all his groups, then he retired in '75. He kind of disappeared off the scene for about five five six years. Resurfaced in '81, and then he started making albums again. But his sound had changed by then, so he wasn't playing, um, you know, that those ferocious solos like he used to do, you know, you know 10, 10 years or so prior. So he was doing, you know, kind of sparse uh, solos here and there, and that's Miles' style of playing. Anyway, his he he's a master of space. He's not, you know, some trumpet players. You know, they'll play a flurry of you know just sixteenth notes. You know, that never was Miles's was style. His style, he he knows the value of space. He could say more with five notes than uh, some trumpet players can say with a hundred notes. It's just how you play them, where you play them, and 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 you know the intent when you're playing them. So you kind of get that vibe here, you know, in this song, like Miles is not doing, a, you know, a, a whole lot of, you know, blistering solos around. He's just kind of, you know, dropping flourishes here and there. And like you say, you hear a little bit more of it toward the end, you know, toward the crescendo at the end. And you got to figure, man, he was around 60 years old, you know, when this was done, you know, and, and you know, he died, man, a few years later, man, at like 91. So he was on the tail end you know, in terms of, of of the ferocity of his playing, but it's still dope, man. It's still Miles. And just what this song represents to have two, two Titans together, you know, is, is, is mind blowing. I think though that this song was probably a bit much, if you've ever heard the Miles Davis Tutu album, it's one of his most popular albums that he did when he came back. But I think this song would have been a little too much for that album but I do know that Miles dug a lot of what Prince did because he was integrating Movie Star into his concerts. You know, mm-hmm. he was doing the movie star, you know, dun, dun 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 He was doing that in concert. Miles was. So, you know, he, he was he was paying attention to what Prince was doing. So that that's really dope.
0: Word. And this and also super shout out to Eric Lee's, man. He cutting up on this track. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, man, day dropping. Go ahead.
3: Okay. And now, can you guys correct me on this? Is this, was this released before on a bootleg, this particular version? Yes. Yeah. It was? yeah. Okay. Because I know I had a, a bootleg set that had about four or five different versions of yeah. of this song here. It may have been included in there, but I, for the life of me, could not find it in preparation for this. Um, but I will say, okay, then I know I have heard it. Um, I, I like another version better than this one because there's other versions that I've heard where it sounds darker. and to me the 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 lyrics of the song and it, it just lends itself to a darker tone. So I've always liked uh, another version of it. I think it's the other version that 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 fades in with the guitar screaming and, and Prince yelling. Um, I think it's that version that I'm talking about and it just sounds different. Maybe the fact that it was, you know, lower quality bootleg quality also added to it.
0: Plus I think there were versions that were at different temples Mm -hmm. as as well, whether they were wrong or not, I'm not sure, but
3: yeah. And they may have been intentionally sped up or slowed down as people quote released them, um, or leaked them, whatever. But, um, I, I do like other versions of it because that's kind of what I grew up with on that, you know? And, um, but this one does get fun from the 4 minute mark forward like like Ken was saying. It, I think prior to that it's a little bit I, originally I had the word messy but no that's not the right word. I think it was too busy for me compared to other versions. The first 4 minutes after that though it picks up it, it, it mellows out and finds its groove really nice from like the 4 minute mark for, forward. So the last few minutes for me saved the track from it being kind of obscure uh unnecessarily obscure and they bring this version from the messy obscurity that it starts off with up to a, a nine. I like this. This track It's really good, but I do like other versions better.
0: And I was trying to find a song that it reminds me of. It's another unreleased song. Um, Come Electra Tuesday. You, you can go, you might be able to find it on a YouTube. A little bit, a little bit. But yeah, It, it almost like it's in the same vein. And even like a, a love or money or something. It, it's like, some of these songs, they were they I I could like I could see if there's a whole direction Prince could have went with this where it's like they're kind of complicated tracks, they're funky, and you kind of said that you sound like it was a there was a lot going on in There's a lot going on with it, and sometimes it conflicts, it seems like it's conflicting, but when you sit down and right. listen to them, you can hear like, yo, this dude is actually grooving his ass. I mean, it's like it's just like a very complicated, intense type of a funk type of thing. Like it's so and then it's it's actually precise. But it's like, man, because he's got all these different changes. And I'm like, man, you have to really be paying attention of what he's doing. But he has a number of songs like that. And almost felt like there could have been a whole album of that. I don't know if it'd have been successful, but it was like he was so like complex with his shit this is to me this is like right. a complex type of and, a song
3: and complexity works good sometimes um good example is also computer blue the hallway speech version. that's a complex song but mm-hmm. i think it works very well but i think sometimes complexity works against the song sometimes and this is an example in my opinion where it kind of works against it at least at the beginning uh again from the four minute mark forward it, it it doesn't get as complex. It kind of comes. It, it comes down like the the Tourette song or not the Tourette. Song, the ADHD song. done took its medicine and it calmed down. <laughs> you know, it took it took effect. Come four minutes, and and then then it it really sounds nice to me from that point forward.
0: Yeah, and what's this would this be one of the first songs that he's done that kind of like what he <clears throat> does on uh, was it Alphabet Street? No, like he does it here first, kind of.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: oh. I mean, I kind of I just kind of picked up on that, but. Yeah. Uh, Big Sexy, make sure you get on this.
2: You know, um, it's Miles Davis. So, and I'm not nearly the aficionado that, that Ken is, but over the years I've grown to appreciate and listen to a lot more of it. And there's a personal connection here because Ken mentioned the autobiography. Now, as Mike knows, um, I was very, very close to a retired judge here in Sacramento, and he had that book personally autographed to him by the gentleman who wrote the book with uh, Miles, I believe his name was Quincy Troop, because they knew each other. And he told me once a few years ago that you know, a lady friend had misplaced the book and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let me track one down for you. So I tracked him down a copy and we got to to Mr. Troop and he signed it for him again and all that, which was great. And then, you know, he asked me about Prince because, you know, Ken mentioned Prince was in the book. I said, oh, yeah, I'm a big Prince fan. And we start talking about Prince and talking about Miles and them working together. It, it was a lot of fun. And this song, along with Crucial... Along with uh, what you see at the concert, all wraps that up. You see, like like Ken mentioned, you see two titans of the industry here. You know, and that's something I haven't seen in a while. Now we saw it and again. I don't want to throw. Sh- I'm not throwing shade at anybody. We saw it back in eighty what eighty three when Eddie came on the um, the Beaded Song. But we you really don't see stuff like that, you know, or two people. Who are equally heavy come out there and, and just play just work on something together it's great I, I love it i wish there was more of it but whatever there is i will gladly take because it, it has the effect on both fan bases it opened up the judge to listen to more prince it opened me up to listen to more miles davis you know and that's that's only a good thing because if if the music is out there and more people are appreciating, appreciating it, learning about it, it just stays alive forever. And that's a good thing.
4: Let um, me add one other thing, Mike, just to to, to button it all up. Just, just, you know, you guys were mentioning earlier about, you know, that is, you know, kind of dense and chaotic in the beginning and all that kind of stuff. Just keep this in mind. I think that, you know, that was by design. I think that. Miles could appreciate that because remember now we're talking about Miles Davis right we're talking about the guy that invented fusion we're talking about the guy that went into a studio in 1969 and he invited two drummers some Indian sitar and tabla players electric sitar players he had about five six different guitarists bass guitars uh, regular guitars He had numerous keyboard players, Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea and somebody else and Keith Jarrett. He had three different keyboard players and he went into the studio with no written music and he said, "Okay, I want you to play this melody. And he just hummed it. Dum, 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 dum. And that's it. And hit record and they recorded about an hour's worth of a riff off of that where everybody's playing all at the same time. And it's a masterpiece. I'm talking about Bitches Brew. So I think that Miles could have easily picked up what Prince was doing. And I don't think Prince was necessarily trying to take it that far out in terms of trying to match Bitches Brew or anything of that. I'm just saying the busyness that you hear in the song. Because you're right, you got that funky bass line, you got the drums, you got the, you know, no, you know, you got Eric and Atlanta doing a thing, you know, and whether that's him or Levi or Marcus Miller, you know, the, the multiple bass lines going. I think all that's by design, you know what I'm saying? And and Miles, I, I think he dug it, you know, just based off his history. So, you know, it's just mm. an observation.
0: And, and, and what's interesting to add, too, is that it wasn't Miles that didn't want to use it as Prince that... Right. pulled the song back which is right because he heard i think
4: he heard the remain he heard the rest of the material mm-hmm. that was going with tutu and he didn't think it fit and he was probably ultimately right it, it again tutu tutu was one of his later albums so it wasn't like soft or anything but it wasn't you know it was it was can can i play can, can i play with you was way more active way more powerful right. than what the rest of the tone of the album was so he pulled it out of respect for the artist but you know, I just think that you know it's interesting to me. I always found it interesting that that Prince was willing to put something out there more more hardcore, like to put this out, like okay, I can hang with you on this level. What you think about this? And that was the jumping right. off point, right? Mm, so,
0: yeah. yeah. touche, Ken. Which, well played. Which leads <laughs> us into a, another song, which I, to me, is sort of in my mind, sort of complexity a little bit. Uh, a wonderful day. To me, it's in the same sort of vein. And, you know, I, of course, heard this music in the movie Under the Cherry Moon and, you know, tripping out that, you know, he created a song out of this. But the thing about this song, when I'm listening to the verses at first, and it's, you know, and he's kind of doing what, but when he gets, excuse me, when he gets to the chorus, and again, I just love Prince's voice and he just knows how to make it so you just can't, it's just so irresistible, but the part where it's, it's just a wonderful day, baby, and and ah if that gets me and i'm like ah okay i see what you're doing now i get it and it just i'm pulled in and just i love when it goes to the chorus and the way he's singing it and then wendy and lisa's voice i love this track and and at first when i heard it i couldn't understand not that i couldn't understand it but it was one of those tracks was like man this is a complicated you got to really sit down you know it's that you know music and snare and all that, but I'm like, there's actually a groove in this. This this is really his shit. It's still his shit, but he just, he's on some, you know, he he's at a higher level with his playing, and it just took me a second to get into it, but I love this song, and I'm glad this is on here, so I can really hear this, uh, but I, this is one of my favorites uh, on this right now. Uh, so that's this is all I want to put on there. Uh, Day dropping. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've heard this version before, the Prince version.
3: Was that one out before? I
1: don't know. I don't know. think so.
3: I don't think so, right? Yeah, because um, I have in my notes here that I've never heard the version before, and I didn't think I had. I do like this version, like, click more than, say, the, the Revolution version. Uh, if anything, because I can understand what he's saying better. I can understand the lyrics better on the Wendy and Lisa version where they sing a lot of it. I, I can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> um, but I... I like the previously heard Revolution version as well. You know, musically that this this song it's wild and fun. I just think it needs to be more wild and fun to make it perfect. And I would just I wish this would have been something that he would have played live back in the day. You can imagine how crazy the 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 band was then and and even carrying it over to the parade era band how they would have gone with this it, it would have been nuts but uh as it stands here like i said i i like the, it's weird and and eventually we'll get to the other one somewhere down the line and i will kind of elaborate on it more but um this one it's a nine out of ten it's it's good i like it a little bit more than the other one but i like the other one a little bit more than this one too it's kind of weird all right, big
2: sexy. You know, it give it gives me two different vibes here. One that is not complete, that it's not done. It's like some something you know got on tape and put in the vault. It's like, you hey, know, I'm gonna come back to this. Or it's like Life Could Be So Nice Part two. Mm. You know, like the long version. That's a good one. And, That's a good one. You know, and it just, sounds, it just sounds incomplete. Again, <clears throat> not saying it's bad by any leap of the imagination, but I don't think it's done. And the way the drums hit, and I, I, I wouldn't put this together until Mike mentioned it, it does come straight from uh, Under the Cherry Moon. You know, that those couple of scenes that where it's the background music and he built around that. I just don't think the building was done <clears throat> yet. I mean, unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to revisit it, and you know, work on it more, but that's okay.
0: All right, big can.
2: I don't know, man. I gotta say,
4: I love the butterscotch and chocolate theme, man, because that's what this <laughs> is. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is yeah. yeah. the butter. Th- there, is no, yep. there is no time that I can hear this song and not think of that, that scene. <laughs> when the officer's coming to take your ass to the joint, it's me. <laughs> I mean, come on now. That in and of itself is, is why this song is dope. I mean, but I you know, th- th- this has that really quirky quality to it that makes it stand out. And I'm with you, Mike. And when I very, you know, the first time I heard it, the beat is unorthodox because it's all over right, the place, right. right? And I think part of it is also the choice of the 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 synth drum kit that he's using. Right? It's a lot of like reverb or whatever on the sound. It's just really unorthodox. It's not your standard, you know, kind of funky type beat, but it is funky, right? Once you once once you get used to it and you parse it and break it down, it's pretty dope. And then the bass line is dope. The vocal arrangement is dope. I, I agree with you, uh, you know, especially in the chorus, the whole, you know, sha-sha, ooh, wonderful, you know, all that in the background. And that's more pronounced on the Wendy and Lisa version, because I believe this is like the vocal guide version that he had. And in fact, the lyrics are slightly different. There, there's a couple of ex- different lines on this version. Versus the one that Wendy and Lisa have, you know what I'm saying? The the Wendy and Lisa's, uh, you know, the version that they're on it. And again, he's got the Calliope in this song, and this it's even more pronounced than this side. And in, th- in this song that it was in, "Teacher, Teacher" and "Teacher, Teacher" was kind of buried in the mix slightly, but this one, this right front and center, that whole steam whistle type of sound. And I, this is a favorite of mine, man. I, I love this version. You know, there's that, the 12 inch extended version on the, on the third, the third vault desk that we'll review in a couple next couple shows. All of it is dope. And it, I just, it just takes me back to when under the cherry moon, the movie was out. And I just remember seeing in the theater watching that whole butterscotch and chocolate scene. And then this music is in the background, you know, and at that time, you know, I like to think at that time I was a a, a junior budding Completest prince completed at that time so i had everything up that you could have at that point right because so i'm like what the hell is this why where can i get this right and i remember just being obsessed with like why where can i find this song of course it took a while before i could get my hands on it but yeah this is dope man this is this is one that i, I really really like this version and i like the wendy and lisa version to me they're they're all great all
0: right i gotta correct myself are, are we done with this song well,
3: no, I just had a quick question for for Ken on on what would you call it then with the way the beat is? It, would you say that it's staggered from the rest of the song? No, the it's band? just
4: no. It, it, the beats in time. It just seems like it's just unorthodox because it's like he's like like Mike was saying, like it's combined with like drum rolls and stuff like throughout the main beat. Right. As opposed mm-hmm. to just like a main beat, you know, you think of something like, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, like you got to look right. It's just the main beat is going. The main beat is going. Sheila might add her little, you know, timbales and stuff to as flourishes on the off to the side, but the main beat you can grasp right away. This one kinda just it just right out the box it's just, you know,
1: <speaking> yeah. do, 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 do.
4: and it's just mm-hmm. it it's it it's surprising at first until you catch it. Once you catch it, then 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 you're good.
0: Okay. You know, so and he's had a lot, of, just he like has a a lot long, of tracks. I mean, back in the day it was a lot of music that hit us, I think, in that same way, like Right, You had to, you're like, whoa, what is this? What's going on here? And when you, when mm-hmm. you get in, he's like, oh, okay.
3: Well, I think the craziest idea would be like seven, 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 ninety-three, eleven. That one is just the beat is so wild. No, that's
4: a, actually a very good, that's a very good analogy. It is to me something similar to, I mean, not exactly the beat's similar, but I'm saying you're right. That beat is not your standard. It's funky as hell, we know, but it's not your standard beat. And it takes a minute to catch it, right? But mm-hmm. once you catch it, you got it. And it, it, it mm-hmm. now you, are, you know where it's at. You know, you, you can catch the pocket, but it might take a, a few measures for you to really get it as opposed to something that grabs you right away.
0: Right, okay. All right, so I wanted to correct something. Earlier on, I was talking about teacher, teacher, and I said the 1985 version, and I was like, but it says the original version. Well, I'm sorry, what I meant was strange relationship is titled original version and it is not the original version. The original version is still unreleased because this song actually was done in 83 by Prince at his home studio. This version that's on this release was Wendy and Lisa's take on the song, which was, and they did this two years after. So this was from 85. So this is what I'm questioning. I'm questioning why they call this the original version. When it's not, <laughs> I don't know what that's all about. I wanna hear that 1982 version of strange relationships, which I don't know if they have that, but boy, that would have been a headbuster if that was on 1999, I suppose, because it's from that era. But nonetheless, just judging this version here, heard this, well, Heard some of this version before. This is a longer version of this song, sort of extended version. This one of my favorite Prince songs ever, Strange Relationship. Man, stop it. Like, I love this track and I've, you know. I've heard this one before, you know, <laughs> with, with the centaur sound and everything. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, So I'm, I was like, okay, I'm here because I want to hear it in this this great sound quality, which this has love this this even has an extended sort of you know where it faded out before this continues on and I love this so this is dope I can't complain about this I love this but I, my only nitpick is to say I, this is not the original version I do want to hear that original version i can only i don't know how close this is to that you know um but I would love to hear i'd love to hear the original version that's all I want to say um, but I love this song. I, I can't critique it at all. Uh, go to Big Ken.
4: Man, I don't give a damn what version it is. This song is the first bombshell of the uh, of, of the vault tracks for me. Like what you know, when when we had to, when this set came out, look, you know, we, I, we I've heard "Sign of Times." Um, I've listened to it damn near monthly, weekly, monthly, right. So I first went straight to the vault tracks and I dug them all up to this point, but this is the one where I'm like, okay, it's worth it just for this. Right, right off the bat. That, this was the first moment that I had that, that feeling because one of my biggest complaints, and it was a nitpick, but one of my biggest complaints with the original album version, because I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I love the song Strange Relationship. I think it's uh, it's one of the gems in his catalog, right? But I was always salty when they faded it out on the original album, because I just knew that was more funk to it. It had to be. There's just no way that it couldn't be. And so when I had this and I'm sitting in, I got the headphones on and exactly at like 3:51, when that chicken scratch guitar comes in there, man, full stop. I'm, I'm smiling there, dude, grinning ear to ear. Like, yes, finally. Like just, just drop, just, and, and it's just a, an extended groove. He just lets it, he just lets it groove with the chicken scratch guitar, that funky hi-hat pattern. He's got, and, and you guys know, I've, I've mentioned it before in previous shows and, and, and even in this show, man, I've always been partial to, you know, uh, Middle Eastern and Indian instrumentation in, in songs when it's used right because it adds certain textures and, and colors and, and moods to a song when it's, when it's used right. And this is one of those ones where at least in the, you know, quote unquote original, whichever version it is, you know, the Wendy and Lisa, you know, that version, they use that sitar, and that sitar sound, tabla sound is very prominent in this. And, and I love that. So when that extended groove comes in at 351, you got that blended in with the chicken scratch guitar, man. And that sitar drone sound going on in the background, man, that's a, to me personally, that's a ten full volume moment, man. I, I love it. So That this is this is great. I I sheer ecstasy for me when that when I first heard that extended break and it, and it goes on for another couple minutes, man, just with the groove and that's what I always wanted.
0: I I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hater hat on for one second. Uh oh. <laughs> I can only do I do this with Ken because I love I love going back and forth. But I I, I agree with everything you said. I just feel like I question if if that's Prince doing that guitar thing like that. It doesn't really sound like that would be the the, the, the funk he would have the feel he would have did it. I, I I I that's why I want to hear this original version, man, because I feel like we might be missing I think there's some still some funk left off the table, man. I like, I don't know. Yeah, possibly cause possibly. I'm not hearing, you know, that when in the album version when it starts to fade out, whatever that keyboard sound that Vroom, vroom, vroom. I, I i know somebody's about to about to cut up i, I was like, oh right he... now, that's probably print that's probably yeah. Prince doing that because that's yeah. that parliament in that burning exactly. world, parliament, parliament cats out there That we're not world really world you don't really flashlight. hear that, but we're not but I seem like that's oh. missing off of this. And so I was like, ah, eh,
4: there's something. No, he does a little. He does a little bit of it at, at 5:04. in This at toward the end, yeah. he does a little bit of that. It, it's in there. I mean, you're right. It, it very well could be Wendy on the guitar, but I guess my point is, it, it don't it don't matter to me if it's him or Wendy on the guitar. I'm saying just that this song has always to me that needed to, it needed to go on.
0: Yes, I like, agree with
4: that, you. Like, That's right. I said, like I that, that album version, just you know, it was great. And you could tell this was when he was probably salty with them or whatever, because he buried the, the sitar tabla the Middle Eastern vibe. he That's buried in the mix, you know, and it's more, you know, the, the percussion is more, you know, and you more heavy and it drowns it out. But I just was always like, dude, come on, man. You know, that's too short. Like if well, any yeah, song needed an extended version. That's is this the one. one.
0: Yeah, that's that right. should be the 12 inch right. joint. Right. I, I just feel like I, I think there's still like. I I I'm just trying, I'm being a complete I want to hear that uncut, oh, no, I with you. uncut yeah. shit. And, but well, this is dope this, too. Though. Go ahead. Let go me ahead.
4: ask you this though. Let me ask you this though. Now, if the original quote unquote the original original version would be eighty two. I mean, there's a possibility, though, that that would be a completely different vibe altogether. Because now, 82, Very now, that's, true. That's, that's that's 1999. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But it, it might not have been, you know, it might have been funky. We don't know because you're right. We never heard it. But I'm almost curious whether that would even be a completely different song. It, it might not well, even be in the same vein of what we what we know. Well, well compare, now.
0: compare it to the songs that they have released where now we can go back and hear the Prince version versus DeWin, the wind and Leeson versions. They're not super different. You know what I mean? So I don't think this would be any different. I don't think they just came up with a, this is a Prince groove. You can hear, obviously, that's the song is the song, right? To me, the sitar thing is dope and all of that stuff, it actually you know, adds stuff to it. But this song to me is that r b funk, that bottom I just know that, and if, and if you tell me it comes from '82, then I already know what vein he was going in because it's the DNA of the song. I can imagine what the un you know just the super princeified version no, must agree. sound like. I, you know, I just I need to hear that. That's all I'm saying.
4: I'm with you. I want to hear it too, but I'm just saying '82. A lot of things were different. I mean, you can go back and listen to Tick Tick Bang. And then go back and listen to the '82's "Tick Tick Bang." Vastly
1: right. different. Mm-hmm. We just talked
4: about, We just talked about. I could take. Never. I can never take the place of your man. Is I mean, the basic DNA of the song is there, but it's vastly different.
1: You yeah, know, but, you but teacher take, teacher you we, is, you is take from that funk. same period,
0: week, and, right? I'm just saying. I, I know, you know what you're saying, it's, but I'm saying the, just the songs from that period, versus and the songs they released that are on this album that are from those same periods and the differences. They're not that different. True so i'm saying it's, it's just probably this may be again this could only be if it's from 82 and, and he's doing R B ish then we know what that sound like right right what's that one song that was the headbuster of that album to me uh it was new uh we have the new power generation what is it bold generation yeah like i guess don't let it be on some like bold generation style then i need to go and personally slap Dwayne. Michael Howe, all of them, if <laughs> they ain't put that out. But that's why I'm saying we need to hear that though. I'm not well, shitting it, on this. If, but if the state is
4: listening y'all gotta come up off it then.
0: All right. Yeah, they have to.
4: They gotta come up well, off I,
0: it. And, and and I'm saying and I'm going hard on them about it because if you can say that this is the original version, stop. That's why I'm <laughs> stop it. Don't say that just say this was the 1985 version yeah that, that not I,
4: there. I think if, if it, my my take on it is I, if anything that might have been an oversight in their in their part you're right they could have just worded and just said 1985 version and that would have been that yeah you know and as de-
0: detailed to- as they are I, yeah. that's why i'm like ah, yeah. come on now that yeah.
4: that might that might have just slipped quality control in terms of the, the wording there but you know regardless of that man i to me dude this is one of the songs on this set that gets played that, yeah. gets played that gets played at full volume and on repeat. Cause when that groove comes in, man, it's just like, man, I I love it.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Big, big uh, sexy. Go ahead.
2: You know, I love this song. I always have always will. but what really captures my attention about it, honestly is yesterday uh, during the uh, chat with, with Eric and Matt and Dr. Fink and D'Angelo actually, Someone mentioned, and I, I, I kind of came in the middle of it, that they stopped playing this song live. Yes. Do you remember that? Yes.
0: So what was going on with that? Yeah, we were asking like they did the song in that first concert where they introduced the band at First Avenue. Yeah. And they, I mean, that was to me the best version of that song. Period, in my opinion. But then we were wondering why they never played it again. And Eric was saying he felt like because during the the longer part of that song, there's a whole dance routine with. Cat, Wally and those guys and he was saying from his vantage point the audience sort of lost interest and he didn't think the dance routine part worked very well and so then he felt like the reason why Prince sort of pulled it is because he just didn't the audience didn't take to it so he just decided not to really play it in the show anymore I was kind of shocked by him saying that because I was like man I don't know how the audience took it but I mean musically that shit was fire and then he was talking about, I think D'Angela asks, well, it seemed like when you guys even played it in rehearsals, it was even different from that version. It was more sped up. And he was like, yeah, sometimes Prince would just, you know, you want to play the songs faster or whatever. But he was saying he thinks the reason why they stopped playing it, because he just didn't think that that dancer team part sort of worked. And he, but I, and he was like, and, he, and then he went into the whole squirrel meet. And he was like people were like what the hell is squirrel meat like you know he was rapping about squirrel meat and it just it just seemed too far out there but i don't know i guess that for me as a fan i'm like are you crazy like that was that was bananas but but that's what that was um all right well day dropping all right i'll I'll, I'll keep mine quick
3: here um so the previous boot that was out on this one, the one that we've all heard was roughly around four minutes, 43 in length. This one, 641. And things start to vary right around 350 mark. Um, this is way better than the previous boot. Because uh, of the way it takes it in fact, you know to kind of chime in on what you guys are talking about It wouldn't be unheard of to think that the majority of Prince songs that are probably two to three minutes in late As we hear them boots included probably have a 12-inch version that he recorded at some time or another so uh, If you say that this version here is different than a previous version that you heard yeah, it might be and and uh, This might be the 12-inch version that he did of this song back then before he did um uh, the version for that ultimately came out on sign of the times and it wouldn't be hard to believe that he did a 12 inch version of that version of it as well so you know I, I i hopefully he did and we get to hear it one day but for this one here um i, I do like this version better than the previous boot um I, I think it's a, the perfect alternative track to what's already a great song as released on the album proper, and this is another ten out of ten.
0: All right, all right, let's keep it moving. We still got some more songs to do. Um, next one is Visions, and this is a, a solo piano uh, number by Lisa Coleman. And real quick, I'm going to keep mine very short because we got other songs to get through. Um I'm very familiar with this track. This was on a bootleg years ago. Somebody had put out a bootleg Dream Factory CD. I don't know if you guys remember that and it had like the the CD art and everything. Yeah. Um years ago the quality of the sound quality wasn't like as good as this. But I I always thought that this was a great sounding piece of work. Um I come to find out that this was actually officially released. On uh, by by Wendy and Lisa, it was like on the deluxe edition of the Oroka album. They they Mm -hmm. put this track, and there was two or three other tracks. I guess are all recorded during the same session. They were all like instrumental stuff, and I think the title of this, when the release version of this, is Minneapolis One. Uh, But this, yeah. So I, I, I dig this. I would, if I was going to nitpick, I would have said they probably could have left this off. And put something else only because this has been out before. But I am not mad at this on here at all. Uh, this is cool. This is not Prince. Uh, I'm just keeping it above. <laughs> but uh, it, I think
2: it does. It, it, I love that it's on here. i not say that. Uh, big Sexy. Co sign everything you just said. I like it because I like the way Lisa plays. And recently, she just did like a little solo thing, which I don't have, unfortunately, but I bet it sounds a lot like this. And, you know, sometimes like what what Ken said about Miles, sometimes you just want to let the air around the notes breathe. That's what she's doing here. She's not trying to be, you know, all Stradivarius and things like that. She's like, just let it, let it breathe. And I, and I like it. It could have been longer for me. All right. Big Ken. Yeah, there's
4: not much to say about this. I agree with you guys. This is a, a just a very beautiful solo piano inlude. I love the colors that she's painting with with these uh, extended chords that she's using in this in this piece. Uh, and as far as I understand, this would have been the opening for Dream Factory. And and I could see why that he would have, you know, chosen this to be the opening song because it, it does set a certain mood and tone and, and I like it a lot.
0: Let me add real quick and we go to Ernie to finish it up. Um Regarding Dream Factory real quick, and, and I get why you put this on here if you're trying to illustrate the, the road to times I just wish they did this. I we could have a lot of these. You didn't have to make a disc, but if they had a little insert card that came with this special edition, like, I, like they have for the digital download here, and if they would have been like, here is a link to download the proper track listing of Dream Factory,
2: and that would have that, that yeah, that's something that they should have nice.
0: they would have they could have done that way. You could really understand the context of when you have a track like this, and, and just to be able to have the completest part of it and say we're not going to do a retail release of this. There wasn't enough space to make the disc of this or vinyl, but here's the digital download of the actual track list of all the songs in the proper order. That would be the one thing they could have done. But yeah. that said, we we'll go to Ernie
3: um i agree with that by the way that that'd be an awesome idea um well you know uh, just in nitpick pick on this one a little bit uh, oddly enough the very first note that's played is cut off a little bit if you compare it to the bootlegs before it actually is a little bit longer uh, i don't know why they did that it's kind of a, a given play uh, a, a plus and minus to this though because this version does have a proper ending in that the note fades out properly and even if you listen closely you know you have to kind of turn it up for me on headphones you can even hear somebody even saying stop stop at the very very end very very end of the note i don't know if it's prince or if it's lisa saying it probably lisa but it is a beautiful track beautiful track i, I um co-sign everything you guys have said uh it's, it's a seven out of ten only because you know i mean it we've all heard it and um it, it's part of this snapshot in time of the album, but, um, you know, it's part of the makeup of the album, I guess you could say it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a third cousin removed in this family, but, um, it's a, it's a beautiful song in the last
0: seven out of 10 again. Next up the ballad of Dorothy Parker with horns. This is one of the, one of the first tracks I played. Cause I was like, This is the, this, this, this illustrates the great editor of Prince, the the, the great restraint of Prince, because this is a perfect Prince song, like the the version we all know, it's a perfect Prince song, in my opinion, one of his classics. And I was like, well, you mean to tell me they're going to have Eric Leeds in them on this? It can't be nothing but dope. Like it's the horns don't really fit, in my opinion, very well with this. It's interesting to hear this, and I don't hate the horns, but it. I am so ingrained of hearing it the way that I hear, and this doesn't come in, how can I compare it? It would be like another level hole in your head. The album version versus the version on the 12-inch, and Eric and Atlanta Bliss have that little interlude section, blows the song to a whole other level, like, ah, oh. Like I can never not hear with that added onto it. It just adds so much. This is the opposite of that to me. This does not enhance it. And as the song goes on and we get a little longer take on this song, I actually felt like the horns, like, can you just move those out of the way? I want to (laughs) hear this additional music properly. Uh, But this is very interesting. I'm glad they put this on here just to show, like, yes, he was tinkering around with his songs. And sometimes some people may love this. Sometimes it doesn't enhance or it doesn't. It's not better than the released. But I love that this shows the process that he was considering. Like, yeah, let me see what we can do on that. So I love it for that uh, aspect of it. But I actually, it's weird. It's not like I can't listen to this. I choose not to because it's just in my mind, it's too disruptive, and it may take me some time before I can be relaxed enough to feel those horns. I think the horn parts are dope. I just don't feel like it fits into this on two reasons. One, I'm so used to hearing them without, and then even listening to this, it still doesn't feel like they're integrated like they should be or something. It's just an odd thing. It's just one of those things where it just doesn't really work. But I'm, I love Eric Lee's. <sighs> But I'm like, this is the one time that, yeah, it really doesn't really go with it. Um, but I'm glad this was on here. Big Ken, I'm curious to see what you think. about.
4: Okay, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. Um... <laughs> Cause you're whack. Oh, okay. no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, Mike, you know I got love for you. No, all I'm gonna say is, yeah, the, the Battle of Dorothy Parker as is 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 perfect already. I agree with you. It it, it 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 is no doubt about it. But personally, you know, I I like the horn lines here. The horn lines here, in my opinion, do not detract from it. Um, to me, you know, it adds a little bit of something to it. But it's not like it's not super overt. I, I look at it this way. Think of it like this. The, the horn lines here are like adding a garnish to a, a finely prepared meal, right? It just adds more to the overall presentation, but the base meal is what it is, right? And As I've listened to this more and more, you know, the line that Eric and Atlanta are playing through, you know, that it, to me, it does fit because it's not overpowering. They're not, they're not playing it like, you know, throughout every verse. It's just at certain certain spots, they, they're kind of sticking it in. And it, now it sticks in my mind. In fact, the other day I was listening to the original Ballad of Dorothy Parker, you know, and I found myself humming that sax line, you know, in the original version. So to me, it just thinks, I, I think that it would have been re- reversed, right? Like if the, if he would have re- released it on the original album with the horns, you know, and we had grown to, to you know, in, ingrain that song the way we have all these years. And then they come out with the version without the horns, we'd be saying that it's missing. Right. I think it's just partly perspective in terms of what we used to and what we've grown to to love. But either way, I I think both versions are equally, equally great. And then I'll just close it with this. I mean, you know, online, if you do a little research, supposedly in June of 86, Claire Fisher overdubbed some elaborate orchestral arrangement to this that ultimately didn't get used. Now, that it would have been something I would have loved to hear if that was in the, if it was in the condition to be presented, but maybe it's not, maybe they don't have the recordings or they're degraded, but that would have been something interesting to hear, to hear a full string arrangements on top of that, what we have here. And, that, and you know, but that may have just from the, just from the description of it, it might've been too much, but I would still love to hear it if it, if
2: it could ever be presented.
0: All right. Big be, uh, be Sexy.
2: You know, as much as it's great to have Ken back in the fold, I got to disagree. I'm with Mike on this one. The horns and Eric Leeds can do no wrong in my in my mind, but it just doesn't fit here. You know, it's just it's just to use your your fine dining analogy, it's like you got your perfect filet mignon. Ah, yes, medium rare. And what wine would you like with that, Mister Wiggins? Well I like something a uh, little bold cabernet. And they bring me a Riesling. No, it doesn't fit. And that's okay, but this one, no, it just does not work for me. The horns don't fit here. Take that Riesling somewhere else. No.
0: All right, day drop it.
3: <sighs> well, Ken, it's three to one, sorry. Because That's all right. Yeah. I've,
2: been the, I've been the villain
4: before, you know. I ain't tripping. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 hey, know. I got storm. I got stormbreaker and me on there. I'm cool. All but the, you know, what? it's like that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I get, I get what you're saying though, because for example, uh, another example on this is when I heard, was it so dark? After having heard dark, and I heard so dark on the, on the, um, Crystal Ball collection, I thought, ooh, where's the horn? You know, so because when you hear it first, and then you kind of miss it when you don't hear it. So I get that. I get the idea that if this would have been released that way, maybe. But having been so used to the original, I, it's hard for me to enjoy this. To me, it, the the horns. Maybe if they were a little bit in the in further back in the mix, deeper in the mix, it might be a little bit better. They're too too much in the front. Um. This version is longer than the album version, but it seems to allow, it's more like a looping part of the last uh, part of the, the song that we know. Um, and it allows just for the horn to, to do its thing. It, to And it, it gets a little bit, it, it wears out its welcome. Um, to me, this is a, a more curiosity track. It's not one I'll go back too often. Um, even on the uh, on the sign of the Times podcast that the state is releasing on one of the parts, uh, the the lady, the girl who does it, she spoke with Eric Leeds and told him, "Oh yeah, it's included in here. That version's included." His reaction, his his reaction was, "Oh cool, that was it." Not, <laughs> "Oh man, this is this is you got to hear this version, That We really went crazy." No, it was just, "Oh cool, cool." So it kind of tells you.
4: What you know, well, no, that what maybe. that tells me is that originally that was never the intent. The intent wasn't for, for them to go crazy on it again. This is not to me to use what Mike said earlier. This is not another level hole in your head. This is not the middle section of I can never take the place with your man with some elaborate horn lines and riffs. That's not the point. Again, this, in my opinion. This is just a little light line that's sprinkled in around the choruses, you know, just a little mm-hmm. flourishes here and there. That's all. And don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I don't I'm not in any way saying that this is better than the original version. I'm saying that when I listen to both, I don't find and maybe it's maybe it's just my jazz inclinations again, because I'm so used to hearing horn lines and interspersed in songs and what they're you know, what the purpose is for. I'm I'm open to the fact that, like Mike said, you're right. This is a fascinating way to view the process of editing and you know the different versions of the song and, and what gets taken out what gets added and all that other kind of stuff and ultimately he decided to take to take them out okay that's not that's not a problem but i'm just saying it to me the horns don't detract so much like if eric was soloing throughout the whole the whole song while he's singing the verses then that'd be too much this is just a, a small flourish to me it does not detract that greatly but i can understand that you know again we we've been we used to seeing or used to hearing that same version that we've known and loved forever. So, to you know, when, when was that? That was 80, 80 something. Now we're going to hear this version 30 years later. Yeah. It's going to be hard pressed for most mm-hmm. people to accept that this one is equal to that. So I understand that it's all
3: good. Well, you know, on the, on the original one, I always felt that, you know, sometimes you hear a song and it paints a picture or like a little movie in your head. To me, it seemed that in the original one, well, the, the, one from the sign of the times album we'll call it that that version uh always seems like it took place in in a dark uh bar somewhere and and you know not too many people in there it's just one person playing and uh some music here in the corner and then prince sees his girl and mood is set it's pretty dark in there where this is be like the version you might see in the bar like comes out at the int- at the beginning of under the cherry moon with this horns and everything, it changes the mood. It changes the scenery for me in a way that I'm, I, it's just too jarring for me, but
4: I get what you I saying. respect that. I respect that, you know, but I also keep this in mind as well. Remember now, this is the same song that, you know, Susan Rogers has been very vocal to let us all know was basically a mistake from jump because it was recorded on a faulty, a pro- a console with a problem and it's dull and all this, that and the other. But yet, even with that, he still had the wherewithal to have Eric lay down these lines because he wanted to use them. But ultimately, mm-hmm. he decided not to. So to me, that tells me that, OK, at least at the time, he felt that Eric's line added some kind of value or some color to the song that he wanted. Now, whether he why he chose not to use it, who knows? But hey, well,
0: I think, yeah, I think Eric mentions about this on one of these recent podcasts or something. Where he was like, yeah, they wanted me to play on Dorothy Parker, which I already thought was a perfect Prince song. And it is. It and, is and a perfect song. like, Prince what can song. I add to it? And he gave it a shot and he was like, eh.
4: Right. But, but, but like you said earlier, that's what's beautiful about this. Again, mm-hmm. it, shows, it and, shows and that's the, what that's what these, that's what a lot of artists of this caliber do. They try different things. Right. And sometimes it may work, sometimes it may not work. All I'm saying is I like both versions. Of course, my preference is for the original because that's what I've grown grown up with. Right, but right. you know, this right. one doesn't detract to me. Let me throw as, this as much as I've heard. Let mothers. me throw
0: this in here as well, uh, and we're gonna move on. Uh, this is from the the enhanced listening uh, viewpoint again. Uh, you could <laughs> I, I, I could hear. You know what? This song actually. I started really thinking like this could have been a time track actually, and I say that because if you really if you can if you can open your mind to think about it. It's not that far away from seven 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 ninety three eleven, you know. It's the the, the the super program beat, you know, and then the bait. you know. It's that same type of feel to it, and I could see it where it could actually be. Again, it's no different from Jigglows uh, to get lonely to or something. It's that player type dude, or it's you know. I could see, like you said, he's at the bar could have been Morris at the bar, and it would have just been a a real smoothed out player Morris Day. Dorothy was a waitress in the promenade. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? It's, it still has that swing to it. You know what I mean? It's just that we're thinking of Prince singing it, and we're not thinking of that. But you could see a, the swathed out dude, and he's at the club, and the music is still funk. I mean, it's still that funked out music. I, I could have seen that go a whole other way i could have seen i, I was i was thankful listening to it, i was like man i could see more i could have seen the time doing this it would have been the fourth joint and it would have been like yo more they they came with another burner like so anyway that's just an I'm enhanced that, by the way. yeah you gotta know, say relax <laughs> yeah, your I mind you know, speak sm- yes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, when you say, no, nah, I had a few cocktails. I'm too, you know, I'm too cool. <laughs> you know. You know what I'm saying? You could have done it. But anyway, let's keep moving. Um next up is Witness for the Prosecution version one. And I'm just gonna go straight to Big
2: Sexy and start us off on this. <laughs> you know, this is something. The way it starts off and goes, you know, witness, I'm expecting to hear some trumpets and I'm expecting to hear some more miles. I don't, but that's what I was expecting. And I've heard this one a few times by uh, certain nefarious means, and I like hearing it completed and polished up and presented properly. And again, you know, I like it. I like it. I mean, it's not one of the standout tracks to me because I don't like the the construction of the chorus. You know, the, the screaming of, of witness. I got old quick. But other than that, the music the music's funky. The music. If this was instrumental or change the, the presentation of the lyrics, we got we got something here. But just the the chorus takes me out of it a little bit. All right, day dropping because we're all nefarious
3: people here we all have heard this before as well <laughs> and this is a personal favorite of mine oh wait before I get going any further the last track I didn't score it it um it was so distracting for me it's a six out of 10 probably the worst score of the ones here hmm. but okay going forward now so when is prosecution yeah um again this is raw it's funky it's emotional and it is a personal favorite of mine like I said due to nostalgia and uh heard this one forever. I've always liked this version of it. I like this version much more than the one later on in this collection um for me, this is a ten out of ten. it's an awesome song it's funky even better now the way the way it sounds so much clearer now
0: yeah and I'll just say real quick i this is the version I've always preferred and the 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 tambourine playing in this kills me every time if you actually if you focus in on it I assume as Prince is doing the tambourine man it's so funky and like it's not just some it's not just hitting a like this. He, he playing a pattern with that and then he just starts jamming with the tambourine I love this side. so I've always loved this version and this sounds so great Um uh, yeah I, this is beautiful to me uh, Big King
4: yeah I gotta co-sign what you guys have been saying yeah I, I love this song as well Particularly the bass line, you know, that thumping on the bass is really, really dope, man. Uh, it's great to have this in, in this quality. Uh, sounds great when you bump it up loud because it is it does have that kind of raw griminess to it that they that, uh, dropped. was talking about. So, yeah, I dig this a lot.
0: All right. Next up is Power Fantastic Live in studio. <sighs> yeah, man. <laughs> One, yeah, this one. This is one. This is one of those tracks. Um go, big Ken first.
4: Yeah, well, this will be quick, man. I mean, because this, this, I don't know, man. This is just one of those stunningly beautiful songs that 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 he's done that I've always held in, in very high regard. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think it's it, it gets the the credit that it deserves as one of his top ballads because to me it is. Maybe that'll change now with more people hearing it in this in this presentation. Um, slightly different vocal delivery than the ones that, the, the one that's on the hits B side versions, but it's still stellar nonetheless. And you know, me being a jazz cat, you know, I really, really dig the, the intro where he's, uh, you know, telling them, yo know, we just, just play because it's in that whole free jazz vein, a la Coltrane or Ned Coleman, Sun Ra, you know, for any jazz heads out there where you just, he's just telling them just, there's no wrong takes, just play, you know, and then at a certain point we going to going to kick it off. And then we go from there. And it's just beautifully done, man. It's just a stellar song. Eric's flute line and and the trumpet that Atlanta Bliss is playing for, which for a long time I thought was Miles, but it's actually Atlanta Bliss. Mm -hmm. Very well done. Just a a beautiful song.
0: Yeah, this is... You're right. Everything you say is absolutely correct. This is a beautiful... This is a song to me, personally. I mean, I can understand why he didn't want to put Revolution Tracks out after they broke up and stuff, but... If this had came out, I wish this had it came out back then. This is a beautiful this is, I, I would argue, this is the revolution at its finest. As much as they can be the font and all of that, the fact that they did this and they did it live uh, shows how dope that band is, in my opinion. I always wish that he had released this and they had kept this intro part. I would have had him kept this intro part and then had it seg- segue into the relief or the other version of this song. But to me, this is just beautiful. The fact that they can just, he can just say, we're going to do this and let's just start playing. That's, I get goosebumps hearing this. It, it's just that beautiful. And the fact that this guy can do, you know, the the dance, music, funk, and then be able to come with something like this this to me is what separated Prince from everybody else. Like no other pop star is gonna be able to have the musicianship, the, the ability, the vocal, the playing to do this. And this is a magical song. This is an exception. This is like, ah, man, are you This is one of those, you telling me they didn't put this out? <laughs> so I'm glad that this is here. Now, this is a beautiful piece of work i I could see like fifty years from now, this song is being played somewhere, and they're like, man what was, this is this is prince and they and and they could be like they wouldn't even know anything about the pop star Prince. this was just some song like that was you know you this was in all the movies and all the you know there's certain songs in pop culture that they always play and stuff, and you're like, oh yeah that's this song is great. I heard this in that one movie. And they and they go back and look and like, this guy had all these funk and pop records? This is the same person? And you're like, yeah, man, this dude is incredible. This came out like in the 80s and it's the year 2050 or something like, and some kid, you know, being like, you know, their mind blown when they're like, oh, I went back and listened to some of this dude's stuff. You gotta listen to this, man. Like, this motherfucker was... <laughs> We just know him as some, this classical song, this, you know, slow song, but this dude got these crazy funked out music. That's what I'm, so this is what I'm talking about. This is why a release like this, when you put songs like this out there, it's so important because I think this song is going to be something down the line, man, because it's just too, it's too good. It's just good. Anyway, I'm running my mouth. Big Kim. Uh, yeah. I mean, sorry. Big uh, Sexy. Sorry.
2: You know, everything you said I have to agree with. And I she was longer. You know, she was just a longer thing. Like what Ken mentioned, you know, Miles would come in and say, Look, here's the here's the melody, blah, blah, blah. Play. You know, and and I like that, you know, you got the Eric lead flute 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 in there. Uh, you got the muted trumpet with bliss. You know, no one's trying to do too much. They're just trying to just go with with the vibe and the flow that's in the room and it works you know no one's overplaying you know no one's trying to show out because it doesn't call for it and i think this is magnificent yeah i could i could see you know this could be a peak revolution moment yeah i I have no problem with that day dropping Okay, yeah, uh, I agree. You can't hear
3: this track ever without having to fully hear the beginning of it, where Prince is giving direction. If if you skip that part, then you are not a true Prince fan. Uh-oh. You have to hear that. Okay, <laughs> that goes that goes without saying. Why? Because it's beautiful to hear him give direction like that. And for somebody who, you know, a lot of people believe was such a stickler for the rules, you had your perfectionist here saying, "There's no mistakes." And I'm like, wow, when I heard that, I mean, that just it blew me away. The, the whole beginning part there, uh, when I the first time I heard it, I didn't know that was going to happen, and it, and I, I was like, oh man, this is like that 24 bar chord procession from A to E in A Day in the Life from the Beatles. It reminds me of that, and 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 he was doing this here, and I go, oh man, this is beautiful. Uh, it's better than before because of that. Um, I say. Make sure whenever it's a hard hitting rainy day and it's kind of dark and you, and it's raining so hard you can hear the rain hitting the roof, put this song on because it's going to fit that vibe. This is a new masterpiece. This is a ten out of ten and an eleven out of ten if you want. This this trumps what was out before in my opinion, and this is the go to version of this song.
0: Right. Uh, next up is and that says what again
4: yeah this is a another great f- flesh sessions madhouse type of inter- instrumental groove i hear this <laughs> and I, I think of stuff like uh, you know of course again like you said we're all nefarious cats here so you know I, I i think of songs like junk music and high colonic and a lot of those things from the flesh sessions that that immediately springs to mind um i love how this track Seamlessly goes from jazz to funk and back, you know, and and to me, I really appreciate tracks like this because it showcases the sheer versatility, the, the skill, the flexibility that Prince had where he could just easily traverse different genres in the same album. And in this case, the same song and not many or any of his contemporaries, as far as I'm concerned, could really boast this, you know, if they could, they couldn't do it as well as he could. So this to me even though it's short i I love it and you know just like the title says and that says what that says ain't nobody messing with prince period (laughs)
0: that's right that's right uh man day dropping
3: yeah, um I agree with everything Ken said. You know, this is a playful little instrumental. The only real gripe I have to it is that it feels like it's the middle of a song. Like it needs more at the beginning or more at the end or a little bit on both ends. <laughs> uh, longer, in other words, it needs to be longer. It's too short. It, it sounds like an interlude part that would be played live in concert. And I could imagine this in a live setting as an interlude, uh, but it's tight. It's a very tight song. And, I, and as it's presented here, I love that ending. Um, not m- too much more to say. Seven out of ten,
2: man. It's a great song. All right, Mr. Big Sexy. This sounds like a compilation, a short compilation <clears throat> of little musical phrases that we'd hear in concert, like "turn around," or you know, things like that. You know, "hey guys," you know, because you know he'll hit these cues, and the band will go right into that certain phrase because we've all heard it that's how this is what that sounds like, you know, like a little bit of a sampling of what we do live. So come see us, you know, you start off with the jazz vibe, gets into the funk vibe, comes back out to the jazz vibe, but you know, we're coming. So be prepared. And it just gives you a little idea of what's in store for you. I like it. little a little little appetizer.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with everything. This in my, my enhanced listening mind, this is, uh, the MTV awards and MJ just won an award for best whatever, and then the next performance is Prince, and he's like, mm. he's like, let's yeah. show, let's show them what we do here, and they just come and this is wild, funked out jazz thing, and then he goes, and that says what, and then they go right into, and then he's like, like Michael sit down, okay, but no, this is this is like I can say, this is just badass like we can do all this shit and then some and you don't want you don't you don't want none of you don't want no piece of this <laughs> whoever band y'all don't want this cause like you said
4: he don't no, y'all don't yeah. want the smoke
0: yeah you don't want no smoke of this that's mm-hmm. that's all this is to me like this is this is showing off <laughs> like we, we are the shit you know okay but anyway um yeah, and that is what next up is love and sex and we're gonna to go to Day dropping start us off
3: um, yeah I you know I kind of like it, it I go back and forth on I kind of like Chili E's version better of the song. Okay. I think the lyrics kind of fit a female singing it uh, but this version is good too. And the reason why I go back and forth because this has great guitar in it, great guitar sound. It's a grower. I don't have very much to say on it. I mean, mostly due to the guitar work on it is, is why I, I score it a 7 plus out of 10. Why 7 plus? Because it's a 7 now, but it's probably going to increase over time the more I hear it because of the guitar work. It's a nice song, though. I mean, it's nothing super, it won't blow your mind or anything, but
2: it's cool. All right, Big Sexy. It sounds like something else. I just can't put my finger on it. Mm. But it sounds very familiar to something he he did later on. Um, Musically, not lyrically, but musically, definitely. And it's driving me nuts. But I like it. I mean, and I'm going to get mail on this, but this one, this is a filler cut. Yeah, I said it. I said it this is filler not bad filler but filler nonetheless but again it reminds me of something that I just I'm just not seeing but now having said that either Ken or Michael so yeah it's such and such I'm like god damn it so guys go ahead and help me out here tell me what I'm hearing
0: (laughs) well I think to me it's it's just a in my mind it just reminds me of something from Purple Rain like it has that kind of a feel to it um that's what it reminds me of like it just sounds like a purple rain era type of a song uh i'm more familiar with like what day dropping was alluding to there's a there is a she the e version of this that that it was done after this and it's a the same song but obviously they did the instrumentation over Uh, i do prefer that version over this but it's great to hear this um yeah, it's just I, I'm not going to say it's a filler song, but it just it does sound very familiar to Prince type stuff. Um, but I'm glad that this is here just on the completest sake, uh, sake, because I do enjoy it. Uh,
3: Which is why the the set was done anyhow for the completest in the right. song. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, uh, Big Kent.
4: Yeah, I don't really have any complaints for this song. I mean, yeah, I, to me, this was probably written for sheila's usage or considered for it and 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 day is right the lyrics do make more sense from a female point of view and so that's the way i i I approach it i particularly i love the lyrics i love the the screaming guitars man throughout the choruses and whatnot and 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 you're right i now that you bring it up it does kind of have A vibe of the type of songs that we might have heard, you know, in the Purple Rain era, just maybe not as loud and as raucous as what you would hear in Purple Rain, you know, not like Let's Go Crazy or nothing like that, but it's along the same vein.
0: Yeah, you know, it's more like a um, song Uh, Christmas another lonely oh, another
4: christmas, lonely christmas.
0: And just and it, it's it. just like a tonio yeah the way of it you know what i mean
4: yeah yeah it's the it could it, it it does and you know is it really that surprising i mean because remember there's a you know now granted it's a completely different song but you know there's another love and sex from 83 84 on a purple right. rain set so this could just be a you know another uh a different version an alteration that he had that he was messing around with right and he said okay this will probably work for sheila and you know, this is his guide vocal version, but I, I, lo- I love it, man. It's one of my favorites on this set. I, I you know, it, it grows on me more and more like, like they drop and said, and you know, it's a loud volume one to me. Cause you know, I love that guitar.
0: Okay. Everybody get on this one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. All right. So let's move on then to the next one is a place in heaven. Uh, Prince vocal. Uh, we're going to go to big Ken start us off on this.
4: Well, you probably shouldn't have started off with me, man, because I'm gonna be honest with you. This is my negative in in this set for me, and and it's only because oh. I personally have never really been into this song. And I've heard again, we're nefarious types here, you know. I've been privy to <laughs> privy to you know these versions of the. I mean, this song for years, right? And it's just traditionally been one of the ones that for whatever reason has just never really held my interest. I mean, the lyrics are beautiful, very, you know, it's nicely sung and Prince's version here, his vocal version, you know, reaches me a little bit more, but I'm just being honest. I typically skip this song overall in most cases. And I'm not even talking specifically this version on this set. I'm saying in general, I just don't end up digging this song that much. I actually think the re- the version that's reversed if you actually took the time to reverse it, that actually sounds better because there's some synthesizer underneath it. But overall, this is not one of my favorites. It's okay, but it's skippable in my case most of the time.
0: All right. Day drop.
4: Hmm.
3: All right. Well, that's I right. Said. I said it.
0: <laughs> sound like sound like you there for a second? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, now
3: don't see no, don't start no shit now.
4: Don't don't start it, man. No, we were doing good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm glad that for for folks who who don't dabble so much in the boots, I'm glad that this is out finally officially. Um, because it allows people to see again another facet of what prince can do i've always loved this track and i've always liked this version i know you know some people like the version where lisa sings better than this one i of the group that likes the prince version better i've always liked his vocals better there's something to be said about her singing it but i like his vocals on this better. I think he's got more range. So it sounds nicer. Um, I don't know. Was this, is this the version that had the, the environmental records part before <laughs> that would, that would fade in? I think, I think it was when it I was on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to not hear that on here at the beginning. Uh, but I, I do like it. I think, I think that this song is gold with the sparseness on it. And, um, I've always loved the lyrics. Uh, sweets of the level, sweets of those levels are few. One of those lyric lines that I've always thought was just magical—the way it, the way it was uh, sung. Um, I'm even okay with it not being a long track. It's a very short track, one of the shorter tracks here. But uh, I, I gotta go opposite spectrum here, and this one is another crazy high-scoring one for me. I uh, because of nostalgia. The sparseness, the beautiful lyrics, the way Prince delivers it, the experimental nature of it—it it all wraps up into a nice package that has a big ten on
0: it. Oh wow! Okay. Whoa. No, no. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'll just say uh, it's hard for me to judge this because you know heard this, live with this song for many years, been on so many bootlegs and different things. So, I love it. I just, it was great to hear it in its quality. Um, And and for being the completest, it's great that it's actually officially released. Um, So, I I adore this song. Can't really say much else about it. Um, Big Sexy.
2: I've never heard this song with Prince singing. You know, I I identify it so much with Lisa, and the tempo and the percussion sounds like. You know, almost like a cir- circus type vibe, you know, which takes me back to like Sergeant Pepper, you know, which is the Lisa and Wendy vibe. And that's cool. But <clears throat> I prefer it with Lisa singing it. Um, I don't have much to offer other than that. You know, I'm not going to give it the. Uh, the whole shebang, but. It's nice having it for complete sake.
0: All right. Um, next up, we have another track here, instrumental, Colors. And this colors, is actually, colors, yeah, colors. If, if only it was. <laughs> I, I always think of that one. <laughs> I am a nightmare. Walk. <laughs> Not that color. Uh, this is windy. I didn't know this was windy. I've heard this. I've heard that before, but uh, <laughs> that this is windy. I, I love this. I've always loved this. Like, I always thought, like, this this would have been the great interlude it just has an emotion to it to me like um and the way i've always heard this song is it, this song plays and then it goes into uh i can never take the place here man i don't know if that's the way the track listing of the original dream factor was intended but that's how i've always envisioned this song so i always thought that this was prince noodling before he went into that but come to this is actually windy um I like that this is here in a complete estate. And this is why I'm saying like, if you're gonna put these little interlude type songs on here, I just wish that they just had the track listing so that you could hear it and how it was supposed to be so you could really feel for it. But this is cool. I, I love this
2: uh, big sexy. It's short, I'll give it that. And you know, like you said, it's just Wendy, you know, tinkering around the guitar a little bit. Uh, the guitar that she's playing, I'm gonna go out on the limb on this one. It sounds like she could be playing uh, that white ES three thirty five, because the type of vibe I'm getting from it. But in, in any event, it's not long enough, you know. Because for being the rhythm guitarist for as long as she has been, she needs you know she needs to step out a little more, you know, step out a little more out front and show what she can do guitar wise. This is like a little hint of that. You know, she should have done more of these things both. Here and on her own stuff. All right, Big Ken.
4: Uh yeah, I, I love this, but I, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, in response to Big Sexy, I, I think that probably was the purpose of it to be short. You know what I mean? Because this matches visions. What What Lisa did, right? It, but but yeah. this is just Wendy, right? It's it, but it's just like the title says: it's colors, and and she's painting the colors with these a uh, lots of these diminished and augmented chords and different, uh, complex chords that she using. And it's, it's beautiful. It's just meant to be a, sh- a short interlude. If anything, I mean, we all know that, yeah, is an excellent, uh, rhythm guitar player, but to me, this showcases that she could play well beyond just rhythm guitar, you know, if given, you know, if given the, the platform to do so, you know, and, but her role within Prince's camp has always been mainly rhythm guitar, but we've heard her on, on, on the Wendy and Lisa albums kind of expand out. So this just is more proof of that to me. Um, but yeah, it's a small little little interlude, but I I like it a lot.
3: They dropping it kind of reminds me of uh, the the group Acoustic Alchemy uh, with their style. Um, it's beautiful. It's it's another one of those when when it's raining uh, songs that you put on, and I'm glad it's finally out and is and as clear as it is here. Um, the only thing that it just seems to cut out abruptly. You know, I don't know if that was by design or if that's how the best version that they have that cuts off that way. It seems like it should be longer and that hurts it. Um And that's why I, I can't go higher than a six out of 10, but it is a beautiful song. The guitar playing that's what is there is beautifully put together. Almost like just there, there happened to be a microphone hidden somewhere in the place where she was playing and, and it caught that moment. That's what it kind of feels
0: like. And, and that's cool, but it's too short. So six out of 10. All right. Next up is, Crystal Ball 7 inch mix. Uh, to me, this is the one part that I, compl- I, I will complain about. I, this puzzles me, and uh, the more I'm thinking about it, I don't say pisses me off, but why, I don't know why you would put this on here. First of all, this is one of the dopest tracks. It's, I remember the first time I heard Crystal Ball, the track, Headbuster you know, however many years ago that was. um, And knowing that it's a part, you know, it's a title track for an album that wasn't, you know, didn't come out and that it's a part of the story of how we got to Sign of the Times. You don't, but but the thing with it is, you don't put Crystal Ball on here and chop it up. Like, it, I don't know if it's a seven-inch mix, if this was, in, it was intended to be some sort of single or something. Even if it was, you put this on the, if you were gonna do that, put this with those other edited tracks that you had on the previous disc. But if you're gonna put crystal ball out, put crystal ball out. And the thing is, I don't wanna hear about, well, we already came out. Well, have some of these tracks we just talked about already came out. Uh, so if that's so listen, you could have pulled colors, you could have pulled vision, and maybe teach a teacher and just put the completed crystal ball on here I would not have been mad at that but I am sort of mad that you could edit that down and the way that it is edited stop it I don't know what they were thinking about this because I'm only saying it because if for somebody who gets their hands on this and they don't have all that other stuff like we did I don't want them to think that this is what crystal ball is you need to go hear crystal ball is the shit and in its full, you know, space. So I don't really, I don't like this at all. And I don't listen to this. Uh, first time I listened to this version was the other day. And when it was over, I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Who thought this was smart? So that's my, that's my take on this. Uh, we'll go to a uh, day Dropper.
3: You know, probably Prince thought it was a smart move. And uh, even in the book, uh, you see a picture of that cassette where it even says Crystal Ball, short version, three minutes, 27, seven-inch single edit. Maybe the thought was at some point when the Crystal Ball configuration was going to come out that that was going to be the radio edit of that song. That's the only thing I can come up with as to why this even exists. Um, and I, if the estate wants to say, well, we don't want to bring out the, the – the long version of it because it's already been released I say nah, I'm gonna call the bullshit card on that one because you still have the children of the purple underground version that that with Lisa and Wendy that's even longer and it's even more expensive and it adds a little bit more to it it, it that one is even more crazy than the crystal ball right version that we know so you know bring that one out instead of this this one this is neutered just like summer summertime thing got neutered down to the latest fashion just like the original album version of Computer Blue was neutered down from the hallway version, this one's got neutered down also. To the point where I feel it's not needed here. And I, I didn't even score it. If I was to score it, it could not get higher than a five. It can't because it's you're comparing it to what you know exists that is so much greater than what, what is here. It's like once you know that the full version of Computer Blue is there. And once you have that, it's hard to hear the album version now uh, because you know how grand it is. Same thing here, how, why would you hear this when you know that there's something else out there that is readily available right now? And then there's an even longer version that's even better. Why would you listen to this here? Why, why is it here? It's right here because it's part of the history of it, but it, it, this one really didn't belong because it's not like you can, you can make this mix on your own right now with what was released prior to this, uh, collection. So yeah, this is a source bar for me as well. I don't think this should have been on here. Um, it,
0: it just doesn't make sense. Uh, big
4: Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't take it as, you know, I, I wasn't as salty as you guys were about it, but I do agree with you. I mean, it is puzzling why this is on here. I mean, obviously Prince at some point in time thought it was a good idea to cut a, a seven inch mix of this, but you know, that, that's one of probably one of the few mistakes that he made, because to me, you guys are absolutely right. When you look at, listen to the full versions of these songs, like crystal ball is one of those songs that just is, that's not a single, right? Like, like that's the kind of song, that's the kind of song that that's a showcase of the album per se period. Like you you
1: can't,
4: there's no way you can successfully edit that song and and keep, you know, the power of it intact. So that was a bad that was a bad, you know, uh, thought from the beginning, probably from him. So, you know, th- them including it, I don't really fault them so much for including it because they're trying to, you know, just putting in for completeness sake. But you know, I'm, I'm with you guys. Ultimately, you know, I would have liked, loved that if the whole Children of the Purple Underground version was there in, in pristine quality, that would be would be something. But I also think, too, we got to look at it this way. I mean, let's be realistic. You know, the average person on the street is not is not buying this full set. This full set is for folks like us, the the collectors that that a lot of the Mm -hmm. collectors that do have access via nefarious underground means to the real versions. Right. So the average, you know, new person, like if there was somebody new, they might just buy the two disc version and be done with it. They're not even going to try to get this So. You know. That's what I'm
0: saying. So for us, the hardcore, you don't don't give us the seven-inch, yeah, right? <laughs> but, but,
4: but, but I, I, no, I agree, I, I I agree with that. But then this is why I also think it. W- I wouldn't be surprised. Again, I have no inside information, so I I don't know. It would not surprise me, Mike, if that f- version that we want to hear that we want could show up on a parade set or or a different set somewhere else. Because again, let's let's, let's be real. All these recordings overlapped, man. All this stuff overlapped through a period of 85, 86. 87 right he was doing multiple co- projects at the same time yeah, as well as doing projects for other people so it's not what I, it's not uh, with you know out of the right. realm of possibility that that it could show up elsewhere but, but I, I agree with you but crystal ball not.
0: doesn't overlap into parade that's the problem Agreed.
4: Uh, no, <laughs> so, agree. so no, no, it'd be I crazy
0: agree. if they did put it on there, I,
4: I agree I agree but what I'm saying it just again we don't we, we're not the ones that's like overseeing all of the picking of these well, songs of so you know I, I don't know it, it just wouldn't surprise me that it, it may show up somewhere else along the line, some somewhere else, so maybe that's why. Because I'm like, you know, what ha, if there's songs that we know could be in this set that's not in this set from this period, right? So, you know, are they holding on to them for something else? You know, down the line, I, I don't know, but you know, either right. way, I just kind of just kind of skip it and be like, okay, it's on the set, move on, you know.
2: Got it, big sexy. <laughs> My first question, and this is more of a confession. Um, ever since, God, another Lover Hole in the Head came out on the 12-inch, I don't have any use for 7-inch singles. Sorry. And so on all the box sets that have come out, I don't even play that album. Because 7 singles, I don't care about. Radio mix, don't care. Do not care. <clears throat> so hearing this is like Mike said, you know, where's the rest of it? Play it all. You know, we we've got the room. So let's go ahead and just do it. So the whole album of seven inch mixes, get rid of that as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but I must admit, I am not familiar of these purple children of the underground. What what is that? That is a longer version that I, I
3: might have gotten the wording wrong on it, where it breaks into an interlude between w- Lisa and Wendy on the Crystal Ball. Um, it's toward the and, end of the song too, right? Yeah. And it goes into like a little like little beat like this where they're all expert.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's just the the, the long yeah. version, the yeah. uncut yeah.
3: version yeah. of the song.
2: Yeah, it, it d- just adds d- another d- d- layer d- d- to it
3: because it, it switches it up even more. Because Crystal Ball switches up a bunch already, anyways. Well, this switches it up. It actually it hits, brakes and puts it in reverse, and then goes sideways. And it's uh, only for a, a few
4: seconds. It's not that
1: long. Right, it's really it's you know, not. Really, but yeah. it,
3: but it adds such depth to it. It's so cool. So add that version in here. But you gotta look. You gotta look for it. You gotta look for it. It's it's cool.
0: And you know. I guess there is a fan base for it, but the whole edit inclusions of Prince songs always puzzles me. Like, I just feel like it's such a waste. (laughs) I, I get that there are people who are into that. Cause like, wasn't the, one of the discs here has the edited versions. Now, Adding the twelve inch versions, of course, the longer. Uh, but lady, okay, here's the edit version, radio edit. I don't understand that in, type of inclusion, but I guess there's the the super completest fans. They like that stuff. I just feel like that's it's a, a waste of space. We can get yeah, more a, songs. The,
4: waste of space, man. Yeah, it, I, it, well, for, yeah. We 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 may think that because we're hardcore, but it's just for the just the, like you said, just well, complete. There must be they,
0: super hardcore guys well, that well, that well, do I'm want it. <laughs> Um, but I'm saying, you know, we don't listen
4: to them. But I mean, hell, they take these same seven inch mixes and then they sold them together, together as a separate seven inch singles yep. box set, right? Yeah. And, and that some completists would just buy just just have. I, I wish they kept the it to that.
0: Too. Yeah, and I wish they kept it to that. I'm saying when they include them in like these type of releases, yeah, it, I wish they would leave it off because it's like, ah, eh, we don't.
4: Because yeah, they did the same thing in the 1999 set too, didn't they? They mm-hmm. had like a bunch of the seven inch same singles with purple rings. Right they, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. But anyway, I've been nitpicking. Um, we gotta finish this up. Uh next up, big tall wall version one. Quickly, I'm gonna give my quick take. One of my favorite songs on this disc or whatever it is. I I had heard a little bit of this song before, but not this version. This version right here, love this. Oh my god, like <laughs> Was, oh, print. This is my Prince right here. I, I cannot get enough of this. song. I'm, I'm like playing this over and over. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I don't know much about this song, but I cannot get enough of it. Um, so that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to go to day drop.
3: Okay. So for the sake of completism and, you know, seeing the evolution of the song, it's, it's a cool inclusion. Um, Listening, this is a, a headphones or a good speaker song because you have to be able to differentiate left and right because the bass line on the left channel is nuts on this song. It's fun, um, but I prefer the dark sounding version over this one, uh, considering the lyrics and it's a song about the idea of controlling somebody, basically. Um, so it, it's it's cool, but I like the other version better. Um, with that uh, scoring it. It's um, it's barely a seven out of ten, and you know that's being Wow.
4: man crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love then it though. It's a society. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Go ahead, Big Ken. Go ahead,
4: Mike. I, I got to agree with you, man. Look, this is this is another to use your nomenclature. This is another headbuster for me. This is another stand out of this set that yeah. just its inclusion by itself is worth every penny that i paid for this set and i you know we've as we know we've said numerous times through nefarious means you know i've had access to the you know the second version or what you know that we now know as the second version for a long time i love that version very sparse i love the you know the layered vocals and all that stuff but you could imagine my surprise I, I, i won't forget it my wife and i were driving to the grocery store and i had this on in the car and then this song comes on and i'm expecting to hear Basically an offshoot of the of the version that I know. And at first I was like, what the hell is this? I had to go back my mouth wide open, just blown away, man. And just like Strange Relationship, like I said before, I love the sitars and the tabla sounds that grabbed me right away. You couple it with the horns, that acoustic guitar. It makes a very, very dent, unique texture. And this and it grooves, man, especially that last couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. He, and he just let that roll. If he, he could have let that roll for another five minutes, and I wouldn't have been mad at all. I mean, I actually, I, I just absolutely love this song. And again, it's it's one of those type of exhibit A songs, and I'm in where I'm listening to it and I think to myself, who in the hell else? could even dream up something like this. And I'm talking about, you know, just any pop star or, you know, popular musician who could who could come up with something like this. And it's just, it's, it's beautiful. Love it. I mean, you know, I'm going to give it a score. Damn it. It's a 20 out of 10. Okay. They dropping. I got love for you. But I'm going into, it's a 35 out of 10.
0: Hilarious. <laughs> 35. It is late.
3: It is late. You ain't eating lunch yet. So
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, big uh, big sexy. Da,
2: da, 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 da.
3: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let me just say this real quick, guys. Musically, it's it's an outstanding song. That's what gives it the score that it gives it. I just don't think that that, that the lyrics match up with it. That's the thing.
2: I'm trying you to know, explain can, yourself out. No, I, think I, I agree. I first time, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the lyrically, no, big tall wall. Come on, man, that's a little, uh, that's a little remedial. That's a little beneath him. He could have done a little better lyrically, but musically, straight flame, love it. But lyrically, yeah, yeah. But that little horn section and synth section. <laughs> That's gonna be in my head all day now. Thank you, man.
4: <laughs> Mike, let's move on, man, because my blood pressure's starting to get up, get up. So I'm about to go out here and get my lightsaber in a minute.
0: Okay, this was the trigger song. Yeah,
4: man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Big tall wall, man. Look here.
0: Trump ain't even got no big tall wall, bro. Come on, okay. don't give him any ideas. Yeah, I mean,
4: Come on, bro. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <laughs>
0: Next campaign. That song, come on.
4: like oh, <laughs> that, would, that
2: would be bad. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's keep it moving. Uh, y'all going to have to help me with this one. I'm just going to say a place called Heaven in Reverse.
2: There it is. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> read
0: that out. Uh, we'll start with Day Dropping.
3: Yeah, we well, you know, first heard officially in the intro to Dream Factory uh, from the Crystal Ball release. For me, it's inclusion. It's a trip but it really serves nothing because uh, we really kind of in, in a way heard it. It's cool to be able to hear the entire thing without Lisa and Wendy doing their valley girl talk over it. Um, <laughs> it's not really a song. I, I mean, I, it's meant to be heard the way it is. So if you have to reverse it to hear something out of it, then no, that's, that's not the, the intent, but I, I, I haven't heard it reversed yet. I want to, cause I, you know, as big said earlier, it, it, it's pretty cool. So I want to check it that way, but as it's I reversed it, I reversed yeah, it. I haven't done it yet but as presented here it's just it's kind of just an oddity song um and it isn't really a song but like I said it's just an odyssey so like the crystal ball seven inch mix it has no official score
0: okay yeah and I'll just say I've I listened to the first piece of it and then when I realized what it is I said oh okay and it's everything like they drop and just said the intro other than that I'm cool on it I don't play it um it's cool that it's on here, complete sake. I, I get that. I, again, I'm just to say, I would have, if it was because of time on the disc or whatever, I would have took this off and we would have had the full crystal ball. <laughs> like there's a couple of these tracks that could have just could have been off and I would have did that. But you know, I get why it's on here. Not not mad at it. I just don't really play it, but it's interesting. I'll say that much. Uh, Big Ken. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's only on here for completeness' sake, right? Because you guys are right. I mean, what we've heard of it in the past, we only hear a very, very small splice of it. That's kind of spliced in between some sections at the beginning of, you know, Dream Factor or whatever. So we only only hear like a couple seconds. But this is the full song. But I, you know, I'll just tell you that if you reverse it, what you what you hear, I mean, I you know, it's still not my favorite song, but it's a much much nicer version of a Place in Heaven. It's the one with it's Lisa's vocals. But underneath it, there's this ethereal kind of airy synth pad underneath it instead of the drum machine. You don't have you don't have the drum machine. So to me, it fares better than the previous versions. But, you know, he had his reasons for using it the way he did. So you know, it's nice to have it in its entirety. But I, I suspect that the majority of people, you know, they're here the first couple of seconds and then they'll skip.
2: Big Sexy. You know, I'm with, with Ken on this one. It, I'm glad it's here. But it's kind of, I'm going to go ahead and say it's kind of a ripoff. You, know, you play something backwards, it's the same thing. It's backwards. Wow. So no, it's not that big a deal to me. I mean, it does sound a little haunting, but I don't think I would have sacrificed uh, album space for it. No, I could you know, use that on other things. Or at the very least, I would put this on the singles portion where I would, I would never hear it. <laughs>
0: All right, we got the last track here, and this is a a very important song. Uh, To me, this was one of those Ark of the Covenant. like You've heard it before, but you never really got to hear it in its glory. Prince redid this song in his later years and put it out. The song I'm talking about is uh, In a Large Room with No Light. For some of the hardcore old school fans, y'all remember we used to think this was called Rat. Welcome to the Rat Race. Yep. Yeah, for many years. Um I am actually gonna go to uh we're go to Big Sexy first.
2: Go ahead. You know, Welcome to the Rat Race. I like that. This is another song that, if I'm not mistaken, was done by a kid Creole and coconuts, correct? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about that <laughs> it's, okay, it's new new stuff. <laughs> you're not smoking
0: you're not doing enhanced uh, podcasting are you?
2: I have no comment <laughs> 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 so this is this is something that will be in that in that wheelhouse for something like a band like that you know and having said that I love it it is it is one of the holy Grail songs you've heard about it we've all heard about it for years and again through uh you know, means of a questionable nature. I've heard bits and pieces of it, but hearing it completely done and polished up and presented properly, I love it. I love it. This is a great song. I'm not going to start ripping off Ernie's vibe and, you know, grading things, but this is a standout track to me. All right, Day dropping. Yeah,
3: I've always loved uh, hearing this song from early boot days and and as different boots would come out, this track would be on and I would listen to it and go, oh, this sounds even better now. And I went through so many generations, I guess you could say, of um, the song getting better and better and better sounding so that it's here now. It's perfect. This is a, a CD ender of a track. And it's perfect that it's the last track on this particular CD. Um, And it's technically a perfect composition made one beat better because if I, unless I'm hearing it incorrectly on my other ones, there's an extra drum beat at the beginning uh, that is evident on, on other boots. I mean, what can I say about this? This is a 10, it's a wild, crazy, it's complex. Lyrically, it's awesome. I mean, he even manages to get some cuss words in there, and it still sounds beautiful. Um, 10, 11, 12, anything over 10 is not a mistake. Um, I forget about the, the 2000s version. That one's nice and all, but this is the real version of the song. And um, there's, so, there's just so much going on. I'm sure Ken can, will be able to elaborate on it. So I'm not even going to try but you owe it to yourself to get the set, if anything, for this song
0: big ken
4: yeah i'm i'm gonna um co-sign with, with you guys man yeah i i first heard you know well a really crappy version of this years ago you know, like you said when you know it was on boots as welcome to the rat race but i remember at that time i i liked it but it was so different than anything i had heard from him up to that point so it kind of took me by surprise i dug it but you know it had to grow on me over time but over time man it, it I've grown to really love and appreciate this song, especially now in this form, like this particular version and the quality that it's in with the proper volume and the clarity. I mean, you can make out the lyrics. I love this. This it's very, very energetic, man. It has this driving beat, man. It just kind of just goes right at you. I mean, it almost to my ears, I kind of, kind of get a slight, I mean, I don't know if there's, I want to say like a Caribbean vibe or something. It's not quite, you know, like that, but it's just just real, like, almost, I feel like I can hear this in the tropics or something when I'm listening mm-hmm. to it, but that's, that's contrasted with some really heavy, almost bleak lyrics, you know, which when you really listen to them, they're really relevant right now. Right now, at this current time, with all the shit going on right now, like, just peep the chorus, man. It says, did you ever feel that life was like looking for a penny, large room with no light, a sophisticated, mass-produced cacophony of no knowing situations that aren't right. I mean, come on, man. I mean, like that's, those are just some insanely dope lyrics. I mean, and they fit right now because right now we are as a country, you know, looking for a penny in a large room with no light. I love the the coda at the end. You know that whole end section, the sax solo that's that that fades out that leads to the fade out is just very well done, very powerful. And it like like Ernie said, I could very well see this closing an album, so it's appropriate that it closes this first disc. This first slice of, of Vault tracks. Very, very powerful song.
0: Yeah, this is one of my favorite songs by Prince as well. Uh, you know, hearing it back in the days, at the time that it, when I heard it, it, like you say, it was unlike anything by Prince I had ever heard. And it was probably one of the songs, it's one of the first boot songs I've heard. It was when I would realize, like, yo, some of his illest material is unreleased. <laughs> Like when I was like, I don't understand why this didn't come out. Like, I was like, this is fantastic. Like this is so different, but it's so like, just hard to explain. It's one of those songs. Like it just has a feeling to it and everything ab- from the music. The boom, 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 boom. And just the way he's, na ah, ah. Just not thinking about it. Just just the feeling to this song that I was like, God, Prince and the Revolution, motherfuckers, man. Like, how did they come <laughs> up? How did they come up with stuff like this? Uh, you know, and just it, it, the the lyrics. It seems like it was, it was so. It was too important not to to come out. So it was just one of those songs. Like, even though it wasn't the best quality, I always played it. You know what I mean? It was a part of my Prince collection that I would always play this song. Um, and so it was shocking to me years later that he redid this song and, you know, and it came out. And I was like, I can appreciate the newer version, but I was like, man, there's just no comparison. It, you know what I mean? It's like the original is the original. Uh, Eric Leeds, Wendy and Lisa... You know, the oh, 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 all, all of that, man, just it's such a time piece. And so to hear this now and it's full on glory, I'm just so glad that this you can hear it this way. Uh, this is one of the, the first tracks I wanted to hear, too, you know, and play it loud in the headphones and really just dive into it. And it's just. I think this is Sheila E playing the drums just fantastic man like such a when they were on one they were on one and this is one of the ones where they just knock it out of the park and it's to me this is like um what's the song we mentioned earlier um power fantastic it is such a it, it's just one of those things you would never imagine you know what i mean it's like everything you've heard from them and then when they come with something like this this is like this is that special stuff like only prince could do something like this you know, it, it this 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 song has so many different feels to it. I think Eric Leeds said the day they did this, Prince came to them and said, y'all want to do some Broadway type show or something. And that was the song they recorded. And then they never did nothing else like that. And I'm like, you know what? I could see, you know, to me, this is up there with Power Fantastic. This is also up there in my mind. Like, And I wish they could have included these on here and took some of these other songs off. Uh, you know, uh, Girl of My Dreams and, uh, I can't stop this feeling I got. And then going into We Could Funk or like Data Bank, you know, it just those, they all sort of in that same hemisphere in my mind. And, uh, this is a, yeah, this is a special song to me. And I hope that when other people hear this, they'll be like, man. This is fantastic. This is, this is Prince. Wow. He's, he has a wide range. Um, so yeah, love this track. That's the last track on this Volt one. Uh, and man, we've, this has been some time, but as we do, I want to get you guys' final thoughts on bolt one. Let's start with <laughs> big Ken. What do you think of this particular collection of songs?
4: I was very pleased uh, overall w- with this this vault v- first disc of the vault. I mean, there's there's some gems in there, some stuff in there that I hadn't expected. You know, the big tall walls. You know, the strange relationship. You know, the Dorothy Parker. You know, even just alternate versions, whatever. I mean, it's just it's just you know the 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 recurring thing that came to mind to me. I got to be honest, guys, when, when when I was going through this this set. And and you know the next couple of shows when we go over the other other discs, this is going to be a recurring thing with me man but it's, it's just honestly the truth man this set is basically an embarrassment of riches man <laughs> like I mean it, I mean it's you know I, I found myself listening to stuff like and I'll take Big Tar Wall for example I find myself listening to songs like that and the thought that came to mind immediately is that it's almost laughable, man. Like this is not even a fair, it's not even fair. It's not even a level playing field. When you, when you look at the prolific nature of Prince and I mean, this guy was writing two, three, four, five songs a day, every day for the last 30, 40 years. I mean, Prince was basically a conduit, man. I mean, the music is coming from someplace else. Like, you know, it's very few cats that we've come across in our lifetime like this, you know, cats like him, you know, your Jimi Hendrix, your John Coltrane, Duke Ellington, uh, you know, Ray Charles, you go way back, you know, your Mozart, your Beethovens. It's the same same thing. These guys are so talented, man, that the music just flows through them. The record label couldn't even handle Prince during this time. And it's because he, he, he wasn't a faucet that you can just turn it off and on. It was always on. And this, just this first disc, we haven't even gotten to the other two discs. That's 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 straight gems on these on these next discs that we that we got to go over, and it's 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 insane. So it's just it's just I just thought to myself I was just very appreciative that I'm around, you know, to 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 witness this. I'm not trying to over dramatize it, but I'm just being honest how how I feel. I mean, I feel lucky that I was there at the beginning of his career and I had the wherewithal and the the, the, the foresight to realize that this guy was special followed his career all the way to the end. And now this set, just like the 1999 set, man, is just further validation of what I always know, man, that ain't nobody messing with this dude, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if it's to the point, Mike, where there are certain songs that would come on and just when I thought I've heard everything and like, okay, nothing that he could do at this point could surprise me. Then he'd go big tall wall you know from so from beyond the grave he like take this with you you see what I'm saying like it's just it's crazy man so this this is this is a great start to just a great section of this set man that just gonna get better as we get to the you know vaults two and three it's gonna, it's gonna even get better than this if you can imagine it
2: all right big sexy <clears throat> I co-signed everything he said uh it is a wealth a treasure trove of goodies uh vault one of three is just the beginning and hearing a lot of these things officially released and cleaned up is such a treat i i love it because when, when my box arrived i played it the one time and then went to hd tracks and got the high resolution download because i don't want to be that guy and have a big thumbprint on the LP and that type of deal because I'm very clumsy. So I got the the high resolution download and just dive into it and just enjoy it all, you know, all of it, because that's, this is what a box set should be. You know, it should be multiple pieces of art in there and aimed at us because we're going to buy it. And we bought it to the, to the extent of, I think it got to number What, 13 on a hot 200, I believe? So it's out there and it's being supported, which is great, because there's a lot there. You know, you take the masterpiece that is Sign of the Times, and then you build, you know, the foundation to show how we got to that point. You can't go wrong here. And this is something that's going to last a while. And I love it because there's so so much depth and variety in it, which is great. Right, day dropping. You know, there's nothing like feeling
3: like a child again and um, or going back to your youth. And that's, like I said at the top of the show, that's what this release has done. And we've only scratched the surface. Um, To put it in a little bit of context here, I mean, this CD, this one, Vault 1, has 18 tracks in it. Uh, A lot of times your regular artists in a span of three to five years will release two, two releases that each will have maybe nine tracks at most sometimes. Uh, And that includes having many writers, have many producers, uh, many quote guest stars on it. And, um, This is just basically one guy doing everything here, and he is doing what many um, people nowadays would would release over the span of five years. This is just overdone. This is one uh, collection of three that doesn't still include everything that he did um, in the course of three years. Um, You think of it like that, it's incredible. Even And when you put it in that context, the crystal ball seven inch mix is OK, because even that dumbed down mix is better than so many things that people are bringing out today. Um, it, to me, the, it, like I said, this thing brought me back. It brought me back to being a child and um, very few things can do that. You know, you strive once you become 18 to Go back to being 17, 364 days. That's the goal is to get back to that. So we work and work and work to that so we can retire and be back and be young again. So when you get these little um, nuggets in between that allow you to be young like this, it, it's it's a prize and it and it's it's a beautiful thing. And this collection has done that. Um, I, I've got nothing but praise for it. And like McKen said, the best is yet to come on the on these vaults, uh, on these vault CDs. This is, is like almost funny to think of, but almost like a sampler. Well, yeah, this is like a sampler of what is in total on this whole set. It's so wild. It's just, it's over the top and still isn't 100% all the way there. If you can believe that. So, you know, I, I'm glad to be around when this comes out and to be able to take it in and to be able to feel like a kid again, uh, off of somebody who I've seen since the early eighties, who I've been listening to since then. And, and you know, you, you, you still get surprised 30, 40 some years later, I'm still getting surprised by this guy. And I can't ask for anything more of any kind of musician.
0: All right. Yeah. I would say in terms of this set that we just reviewed, um, it, it runs the gamut of different styles of music. Uh, there are some songs on here that I would play for somebody who was not familiar with the Prince. I think it, it accomplished it. If you could pull something on here and say, yo, listen to this. And wow, what's what's going on here? Um so I as you said this is just touches the, the you we're know, just at the tip of what we're about to get into. And this is a full meal unto itself. Just this first section. Uh and I love it. And, you know, one thing I hope that happens with this is that Again, I just think of years later, some kid or somebody who's into music and they come across this, if they somehow come across this disc by itself or vinyl or something, and they just, let me, me, I'm just going to play this. There would be things on here. Hopefully there's stuff on here that would pique their interest and blow them like, yo, this is great. And they start listening to this stuff and they go out and Seek some of the other stuff. I feel like the music on here is somewhat removed enough from the big hits that these would be like, wow, I didn't even know this is the same guy. Like, this seems so different from what I thought Prince was supposed to be. Because I just feel like a lot of these tracks are not the stereotypical Prince type stuff that some people may think. And there's a lot of music on this wide ranging music on this just first disc alone. Right? And that's what I love about it. The musicality of it and the range is fascinating. Um, so we're just diving in. This is the first one we've touched. But yeah, this was this is great. And so I'm I'm definitely uh It's I not even a fair fight, man. Yeah, it's this is just yeah, I mean, this is not this is a compilation in a sense, it's a compilation just from a few years of of time, well, actually, if you, if you throw in the first track, it's all the way from '79, but it definitely shows you the gamut of musical styles. And the dude was good at all of it, so it was a big not You're not gonna fall asleep listening to this, nope. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, there it is. Uh, vault one. Hold, hold on, hold on. Go ahead.
2: I got a <clears throat> kind of a nitpicky question yep. Who's got a picture of or the album cover in front of them right now?
0: Uh, the album cover of this particular vault one
2: no the, uh, the entire thing Oh have set? yeah well, I, I can bring it up but i, I have know. it in front of me
0: go ahead we'll
2: make your point. okay if you look at the cover and you see prince obviously if you look to his right there's a set of four speakers in the upper left corner of those speakers what is that that's an album cover that's driving me crazy I've seen it somewhere. I just can't think of what I, I've seen. All right, hold on, let me
4: let me see if I can zoom no, in here.
2: Well, those are the speakers that were from the uh, parade era. You but see those. What is that
0: picture, though? Oh, I have no idea. You about the
2: woman or the person? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. This to drive me nuts. No clue. Well, this well, It looks like an album cover, but I can't think of what it was. Ah. Uh,
0: well, we we'll, well. I'm sure our listener in the comments and definitely scholars will jump in and give us that info. Well, we've been here for quite a bit, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, We're going to be back for Vault Tracks 2 soon, but we would love to hear you guys' thoughts on what you just heard. Um, Again, we are joined here by Big Ken, sir. Thank you. Yep. Day day dropping. Thank you. Big Sexy and Sack. Myself, Michael Dean. Uh, we want to shout out to once again, thank you, Brandon, for getting me a copy of this the physical the vinyl. I want to shout out all of our Patreon subscribers and supporters. Thank you so much. Shout out all our YouTube people. Uh, also, we're going to shout out to uh, people who are not here today. Uh, my man, Aunt Poo, uh, Chloe, uh, Darling Nisi, uh, Tobias, which hopefully you'll hear in the beginning of this. Uh, Monique. I'm an old school uh, host of the show as well. And listen, we got, what, what did my man Prince say? Got a whole lot of butter, something muffin ready. I, I'm just, my brain. Got a is,
2: lot
4: of butter to go. Yeah, we, we got a <laughs> lot, lot of
0: lot. butter to go. A yes. whole
4: lot of muffin. Got, got, got a lot of muffin. butter to go.
0: There you go. So we just getting started. So with that said, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace. All right. Woo.